Jigs and Bigs is proud to announce we're being supported by Old Glory Outdoors. They're a veteran-owned company that carries fishing and hunting gear. Plus, they're highly active in supporting veteran organizations and charities. Old Glory is an authorized dealer of favorite rods, FX rods, Guggenbaits, X-Zone lures, Sixth Sense, and many more. There's a brick-and-mortar store located in East Brookfield, Massachusetts, but you can also order online at oldgloryoutdoors.com. They ship anywhere in the lower 48 states or order online and pick up at the store. When you order, use the promo code JIGSANDBIGS and you'll save 10% off your complete order. Plus, you'll help support the show. Make sure to check out the apparel line called OGO Gear while you're there. Old Glory Outdoors believes in the slogan, start them young, to keep kids away from screens and enjoying nature. They've got a full array of live bait too. Check out oldgloryoutdoors.com and use the promo code JIGSANDBIGS, save some money, and gear up now. That's right. It's Tuesday. It's Jigs and Bigs time. Man, we've got a great show for you this evening. Guys, Bobby Rose Beef here for Jigs and Bigs, the uh, the Massachusetts or the New England-based podcast, fishing podcast that, that we're trying to reach all over the world, and we're, we're slowly getting there. Absolutely right. Uh, we have an amazing show for you lined up this today for you. This episode here features a couple of things. We've got a huge announcement with uh, an amazing new partner that we've got uh, lined up and we're excited to be working with. Uh, really, really anxious to see what the future holds for all parties involved. It's going to be pretty pretty fantastic. I, 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 I got to tell you, I'm really excited for what the future's got for us. Uh, lots of great stuff on the horizon. 2021 is going to be an amazing year. I got Sean the Fisherman with us. We have an amazing interview today. We've got uh, Slaunch Doctor, which is not one amazing East Tennessee based angler but two we've got Zach and Brad they're coming up they've got a great great this was this interview was fantastic I had a blast doing it uh, great great dudes uh, really really proud of the area that they uh, that they're from and where they fish and, and we're gonna learn a little bit about it and find out what makes it so dang magical guys it's uh, Bobby Rose beef I got Sean the fisherman with me we have an amazing 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 show uh, for you so go ahead get comfortable pour yourself a, a nice hot cup of coffee or maybe if you're listening to this at the you know the end of your work shift or something you want to have yourself a cocktail or a nice cold beer go for it guys we've got a great show coming up for you jigs and bigs much more more coming up right after this Welcome back. Uh, it's Jigs and Bigs. It's a brand new week. It's a brand new Tuesday. And something about today feels so different. Doesn't it, Sean? Dude, I'm, I'm speechless. Yeah. I mean, some- I'm speechless. There's some things going on. There's some things happening, which we're going to get into today. And then... And I mean, honestly, the important thing is once all this is done, we got duck quesadillas. We do have duck quesadillas <laughs> happening. And that's, that's, that's really... That's really at the core of it all. Yes. That's the motivation. That's that's, that's um, the, the carrot being dangled. Guys, we have uh, a huge show for you 
this week. Uh, we've got an amazing guest. That's all coming up later. Actually, I say guest. Guests. We've got uh, Zach and Brad from Slaunch Doctor over there on Instagram. Good stuff. They're going to tell us how it gets done in uh, Eastern Tennessee. Uh, we also have uh, three other guests with us right now, actually. We've got, we've got Lauren. We've got Derek, and we've got Ted from Three Bells Outfitters, uh, nestled right up alongside the Niantic River in Connecticut. And uh, there's a, a huge reason why we have you guys here today. It's because, um, let's, let's let Sean spill the beans. It's because they said they'd cook us duck quesadillas. That's true. <laughs> we can there's be lured in truck. that way. It's like, you know, you always see those memes with the truck driving by. It's yes, just free fishing lures, and it's going to get to anybody. Yep. Duck quesadillas. I'm gone. Like, I've, I, I'm on a milk carton. You too. <laughs> No, the reality is, is that uh, we have partnered with Three Bells Outfitters uh, as uh, I, I don't even want to use the word sponsor, but as uh, a partner with the show, we're bringing them into the fold. It's uh, it's an exciting day here uh, at uh, here in Niantic. We're uh, we're excited. And uh, guys, welcome. Thank you. Yeah. So we're going to talk a little bit about about Three Bells and uh, what kind of separates Three Bells from your typical run of the mill sort of. Uh, I want to say outlet maybe for water sports, for paddle sports specifically, uh, and, and, and kayak fishing and, and, you know, and, and the outdoors really life is better on the water, isn't it? Yeah, yes, absolutely. It right. So, uh, why don't we go ahead guys? Uh, why don't we'll go around from, from my left to, to right. We'll go just say hello to everybody. Kind of tell them like, uh, what your experience has been, which, which, and your role here at three bells. Lauren, we'll start with you. Hi, I'm Lauren Fury. I'm the manager here at Three Bells Outfitters, um, and I've been here for a little over a year now. Um, I have uh, probably close to t 10 to 12 years in the outdoor industry. Um, came from having my own outdoor store that specialized in hunting and camping and fishing. Mm -hmm. um, I came out of the gun industry, um, and now I'm here in the kayak industry. Nice. Yeah. Way to adapt and change things up. That's awesome. Derek? Hi, uh, I'm Derek. I am in charge of our online sales and some of our social media and marketing here at Three Bells. Um, I've been kayak fishing now probably for four or five years now. Um, now that I'm here, it's becoming even more and more a part of my everyday life. Oh, yeah. And I absolutely love it. And it's true. Life is better on the water. Nice. <laughs> and Ted, what's your, what's your role at, at, at Three Bells? Um, I'm the lead associate in the store, so I help run the, the retail store. And then I run our rigging and repair department, too. Very nice. So you're the guy that we need to talk to for all the customization and, and making kind of like sort of like the breaking in of, 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 a, of, a, of a new watercraft. That's pretty amazing. So uh, we're down here today, and uh, and and it's. I have to say, we've broken new ground, at least for you, Sean. Right? Yeah, I did something um, that was necessary to do, but honestly, I wouldn't recommend to anybody unless they have the proper gear. And honestly, when you really think about it, yeah, I risked my life today, but it's all good. It's it's for, it's for entertainment <laughs> purposes, and there's nothing I won't do for our loving audience. Absolutely. Well, you you sampled a, a couple of kayaks to figure out your your next move. And yep. uh, I, I think that's part of what makes Three Bells so unique is that you guys have accessibility right to the water and you've got, you know, the ability to try it before you buy it, you know, and, and there's a lot about you guys that we like specifically um, is your role in like 
tournament angling and the, the the accessibility that you give to folks that have maybe never had the experience of getting on you know a, a legitimate fishing kayak and doing it the right way and, and trying things out like you know your rental program and things like that really kind of separate you so if you guys could just kind of walk us through like the novice kayaker you know the novice paddleboarder their sort of experience when they come in here what they can expect that's that's different like what, what what's that experience like for that type of person sure so when we have customers come in you know um, all of the staff Ted Derek um, and myself we always try to figure out where is the customers baseline whether it be price point what's their experience level um, and we get a lot of people who just generally are not um, sure where they want to go or where they need to be um, so we'll kind of walk through we'll ask them some basic questions um, we've expanded our product line this year uh, with what we're offering for both kayaks and paddle boards so it gives us a lot more flexibility and being able to um, get customers um, into a good mm -hmm. set of um, kayaks and stuff um, and then if they're still not sure we'll pull a boat and if they think that they want to be on that they're torn between a couple of boats kind of like what we did with you today sean we'll take that boat we'll go throw it in the water say take 20 minutes take it out go paddle it around see what you like see what you don't like yep and if they want to go they're kind of like oh i'm torn between this then we'll say okay come do a rental yeah. And in a rental, we can put you out there for two hours and you can really get out there. You can get out into the river and really put it through a good hard test drive, yep. you know, and see, you know, 20 minutes in a boat, you're still feeling kind of good. Two hours later when you're fighting tide and you sit there and you go, oh, okay, maybe not this one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, that's a good exactly. point. So um, we'll put them in, we'll put them in, um, you know, we'll do a demo and then if they want more time than that, then we suggest them doing a rental. Um, and then we come back and we, you know, we'll talk about what they, where mm -hmm. they want to go with things. Um, and then usually that's when Ted's expertise kicks in at yeah. that point. Um, because a lot of times people are going, well, I want to fish, I want to do rec, I want to do, you know, they're not really sure where they want to go or they're going to do it in a variety of bodies of water. Yes. Um, and um, the guys are really good about um, getting the right gear on the boat. Yeah. Um, and that's really, really important. Um, and we really pride ourselves on our customer service and giving yeah. our customers the best experience that they can while they're here. Yep. Yeah, each each purchase is a large investment. You know, it, it, whether you're you know getting in an entry level kayak or you're going all the way out, we want to make sure you're in the right kayak for you yep. because like, it's an investment. You know, this is something that you want to enjoy. And if you're going to be spending a lot of time on, you want to make sure that you're getting the correct items when you're here. And we really pride ourselves on making sure that, that is what happens every time you step through the door. Yeah. No. 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 I, I I totally totally get that. And like the point that you made, customer service is really the dividing factor uh, in, a, in a lot of different ways. Uh, you know, you, it's, it's one thing to go and have variety. It's another thing to have like, you know, obviously a great price, but the fact that you've got the ability to show up and actually kind of have a little bit more thoughtfulness with your purchase and making sure that it's the right fit, you know? It's like like the difference between when you go to a show, shoe store. You know, the different, going and, and trying something on with somebody who, who knows the product and then versus just going and grabbing anything off the shelf because it's you think it's your size. 
is, you know, it's sort of the same idea. One thing that I think is really amazing about what you guys do is, and I want to make sure to, that we mention this, is um, you guys ship all over the country. Mm-hmm. But there's something specific for people who are like, and I mean, 225 miles is, is what you do for your white glove delivery. Yep. And that's amazing. Let's talk about that a little bit because that is really not something that's common at all. Sure. So our white glove delivery service is a combination of price saving onto the customer, but also a bunch of peace of mind. Um, when you ship a kayak across the country, there's inherent risks with that, and it can be pretty pricey for the customer. Through our white glove delivery service, we will one of the three of us will come out and we will ship your kayak directly to you. When we get there, we will help you set up your kayak, we'll answer any questions, make sure that everything's all right. But the biggest part is your kayak's gonna get there in one piece. We're not gonna have any issues. You're gonna have everything. All of our expertise gets passed on to you without you having to make the trip down here to our store. Um, In nine times out of 10, it means that there's gonna be a great price savings onto you on the shipping cost versus if we were to do it with the typical freight carrier. So it, it really is advantageous for anybody who's within that 225 mile radius of our store that if you can't make it here, we're happy to help you over the phone or through email or through messaging on social media to help make sure that we put you in the right kayak, but we'll bring it to you also. It also allows us to do one additional thing that when we're shipping a kayak, you know, if you buy it off of our website or buy it off of Amazon and and you're shipping it across country, um, one of the things that we can't do for for those kinds of transactions that are going outside that 225 mile, we can't do any custom rigging for you before your boat gets to you. So if a customer calls and says, okay, I want this boat and I want lights, I want it, you know, electrics, electronics put in it, blah, blah, blah. They can work with Ted. We can pre-rig your boat, have everything all set and ready to go, and then we deliver your boat already done to you. Um, and then that, you know, it might take you a couple of weeks before you get your boat because it's got to go, you know, Ted needs the time in order to be able to rig everything. But when your boat gets to you, it's done. You're set and you're ready to hit the water. So, and we'll, you know, we'll walk you through the process of, you know, this is how you run your fish finder. This is how you hook up your batteries. This is how your switch system works. You know, so um, it's a unique feature that we do offer that not a lot of other uh, vendors are currently offering. And right now the freight freight costs are just they're going through the roof and you know we can tag your boat nine ways from sunday that says do not forklift do not stack on top handle with care and you know we get a couple of them a year that you know they come back and they got <laughs> nice fork dents in the side of them <laughs> nice level marks yep yep, <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. and it's true i think that that you get a there's an advantage to having everything show up like a completeness in the transaction where you're like, I'm making this purchase, you know, I want to enjoy this instead of having something show up that you're risking getting there. You know, when it shows up and it's, it's rigged and ready right out of the box, like you're, you're good to go. And there was one, one thing that we had, we, when we got the tour over here that, that Derek had mentioned uh, when we took a look over in the shop is that you guys will actually shrink wrap all the boats with added padding to make sure that they go. That's above and beyond in a lot of ways. Yeah. That's one of the benefits of us being in a marina is that we have boats here that we get shrink wrapped every year. So we have a constant supply of shrink wrap that we utilize, um, you know, 
pretty much every single brand when they ship you the kayaks to the or the ship the kayak to the distributor or the vendor I should say we usually have a some kind of bubble wrap or plastic or cardboard box around the the kayak or paddleboard itself but you also have to keep in mind that's several kayaks all being put into one truck and that's the only thing going in that truck yeah that works for that situation, but we want to add a little bit of extra peace of mind because we know that your kayak or paddleboard isn't going to be the only thing that's in that truck when it's coming to you if it's shipping across the country. So we'll add extra cardboard, we'll add extra packaging, but we do shrink wrap them because the plastic that is on these kayaks from the manufacturer, it helps, but we've seen it get torn up before and things yeah. like that in transit. These, you know, Some of these kayaks are over 100 pounds. It's hard for two people to carry them at times, trying to move them in and out of oh, yeah. vehicles and stuff like that. So we put this extra layer of shrink wrap, and by putting that on, it really keeps any scuff scrapes and things like that out of your brand new investment that yeah. you've just made. We, we saw the process <clears throat> during the tour, and that was one of the impressive things was the amount of cardboard and other things that can just prevent, you know, uh, let's say somebody's getting a, a kayak shipped on Amazon with a bunch of other stuff and their kayak gets to their house with, uh, you know, Frank Jones down the streets, Ginsu knife set stuck into it. <laughs> you know, we don't want that. And it looks like you guys are taking that extra step to prevent that, you know, or God forbid, minimize anything that could happen. But mm -hmm. you're right. You see a lot of kayaks coming there. They're only wrapped in shrink wrap. And what good is that? I mean, it's non-effective for yeah. the most part. It yeah. looks good. looks like there's some effort put into it, but yep. it's not going to do anything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know. You know, Sean, let's let's tell the listeners kind of uh, what your experience was like directly going out. Like, even mention some of the models because I want to talk about like the selection, not only of of, of kayaks and paddleboards specifically, but the selection that you guys have for accessories as well. Like, you're and we've talked about this before in our earlier meetings that you guys are really a one stop shop. I mean, sales of the of the equipment, the service of it all. I mean, it all kind of comes together. You know. Uh, why don't, why don't we start with that? Like, talk through your experience of what you kind of had as, you know, an experience out on the water, risking your life as it was. And then we'll talk about other brands and stuff. Children, gather around the fire and listen to Sean the Fisherman's Tales. So when this uh, collaboration all began, um, you know, this was, this was uh, we can reveal it now, this was the original impetus behind all the duck quesadilla comments for three months, right? So um, Derek had reached out to you um, initially and... and you know, started talking, saying, hey, well, you know, what are you guys doing? What are you, what are you doing Friday night? You want to hang out? You want to go bowling? And uh, we've, we've gone bowling. It's been good. And um, from there, then it Perfect was... Perfect you know, game the first night out. I can't believe yeah. that. Like, that is... I'm still floored. You know, your response was, who are you? But no, no, we... Um, but Derek had reached out, and honestly... I don't roll on Saturdays. And honestly, after... Um, I, think, I think once we had set up our first meeting with you guys... We had actually, the night after or two nights later, we actually had a, a, a bit of a teleconference with two of your pros, with uh, Ken Wood and Jason yep. Gardner. Yeah. And after that was all done and we went off the air with them, um, that was the EKF, the yeah, EKF announcement, right? right? Yep. Which um, we could always talk about that more later. But uh, we had said to Jason and Ken, like, hey, did you like put in a good word with us uh, for us for, with Three Bells? Because they contacted us and they're like, no, we don't, what are you talking about? So that was nice that you guys kind of reached out. Or, organically touched yeah, base with us. We yeah. were floored by that. We're like, oh, no kidding. Yeah. So somebody does actually listen to this podcast. Yeah, well, awesome. imagine that. So um, we went from there and uh, we set up a meeting. We talked to you guys, kind of went back and forth a couple times on what, you know, I guess expectations, what, how ways you guys could help us and we could help you and, and just get the word out on both A, the podcast and B, the excellent work you guys are doing here. So from there, um, once we set up today's 
appointment, shall we say, for us to come down and visit and get mm -hmm. the tour. And um, really, for me, look at a pedal kayak because, you know, I, I haven't been hiding on the on this show. My knees are shot. And honestly, my physical therapist over the past couple of years have been like, yeah, any pedaling you can do, the better. Go, go for it. And yep. now that we're, you know, I'm kind of taking that next step with my kayak angling and really looking at tournament trails where I haven't done that before, it's, it's almost imperative to get a pedal kayak. I mean, I, I have paddle and... You know, when you get on bigger waters, yep. it's rough. Get on rivers, it's a little rough. I, I'm, you know, I'm not saying it's impossible because there's a lot of people that are listening that probably might be fishing with us. Yep. Oh, absolutely. But I think, um, man, I'm trying to think of the number. I think I was one of three people in general at every MAKB tournament for the east side that had a paddle kayak. Everyone yeah. else was either pedal or motorized. Yep. And where that makes a difference is here I am chugging along and, you know, twice the distance away from me, the guy that is in front of me is hitting the spot I want to hit first. Yeah, now, exactly. Now, a good angler's always got plan A, B, C, and D, which I did, sure. but I'm like, mm, okay, A's done. And you go over to B, well, there's another guy with a pedal sitting there. Okay, now I'm on to C. And, you know, it just goes on from there. But um, from that point, Derek, you reached out to me last week and you're like, well, okay, great. Let's let's get some trial going. Um, and you, for your first, honestly, your first concern was safety. You're like, well, we can do this, but do you have the gear that if some yeah. you know if something goes sideways you're not going to die and i'm like yeah i've got wetsuits i'll be good i made sure to wear my wetsuit um can we talk about your changing room the water was hot because i took a shower <laughs> when i was done with all this that's very important the shower is very important because i don't want you bobby on the ride back smelling nothing but me in a wetsuit we don't want that neoprene and so i brought yeah, shame i brought Go my on. towel i brought my body wash and by god i brought my loofah Nice. So we took care of that. But we heard you singing. Yeah, I was singing. It was nice. I was. I was, I was giggling too. I came up with an idea in the shower. I do my best thinking in the shower. Better than the screaming earlier. Yes. Yeah. The screaming That's earlier. Was, yeah. That was. That's very true. That was not good. We can get into that another time. So, uh, <laughs> so I, what I did was uh, when Derek and I were going back and forth, he's aware. Uh, I made him aware of my my knee problems, and lo and behold, your past in a past life you were. I was an athletic trainer. What? Just talk about. Perfect. Just like, <laughs> yeah, just like cousin John. So uh, when I have knee problems with my cousin, who's part of our fishing report team, um, he's always giving me, you know, tips and this and that. So when we started talking about kayaks, I wanted to try out with, with pedal models. The first one you suggested was a Hobie. And I said, honestly, I can't do that. We have to scratch that off the list because Hobies, nothing against Hobies boats at all. Their pedal system is a push, push pull, shall we call it. It's not circular. So with my knees i can't do that yeah like i cannot like i can't get on an elliptical machine it hurts because it's it's not circular like a bike is bikes i'm fine with so um we we from that point we talked about feel freeze and we talked about natives and natives honestly i kind of had my eye on the most because unfortunately the um native i guess is you know i've heard it from more than one source besides you derek that um natives discontinuing their their ultimate pedals in the least now i have ultimates i've used them for years i love them because of their they're so light and compact for me it's all modular in and out of the water with the gear in there it's maybe 150 pounds tops yeah I, I, unfortunately i think i have to move beyond that now because it just doesn't like that options available so we checked out uh we had two models i think i came in with three models to look at it was the feel free lure 11.5 yeah with the overdrive yeah with the overdrive the um the Native Slayer Propel 12. Yep, this Pro 12 and a half. 12 and a half, sorry. And, uh, and then the, the, we had on the menu the Titan 12 and a half. Titan 12. 12. Titan yeah. 12. But um, after looking at that and explaining, you know, I don't do a lot of standing in kayaks. I, I Very rarely. <laughs> the only time I ever stand is to pull into the bushes, you know, where I'm secluded and I can take a leak. Exactly. You know, um, so uh, that's really not necessary for my fishing. So I was really kind of eyeballing the Slayer. And um, so 
I've been kind of taking mental notes since we got here on what the procedure is. Somebody comes in, walks into the store, what's going on? You know, what do we need? Again, we've already done the assessment part online mm -hmm. because I was shooting messages, but you, you know, you started with a message thread. So where do we go from there? Yep. So we looked at the, we had the feel free and we had the Slayer out and ready. Pedal drives were popped in. Um, actually, Derek, you even suggested to bring a rod and I was like, yeah, I, I, I've got enough experience in a kayak. I don't think that's necessary. That being said, someone who's brand new to this this field, yeah. or someone who's brand new to this activity, bring your rod with it's you. It's a great idea. You're going to want to just take a couple casts to see how it feels because I know how to balance myself in, in even a really, really skinny recreational kayak. So getting in that Slayer, that's a joke. I'm, that's yeah. like a bass boat. You <laughs> yeah. know what I mean? I'm not going anywhere with that. So I didn't have to bring the rod. I felt comfortable saying I, I think I can skip that step. Somebody else, however, might want to bring that. But um, Derek and Ted grabbed the, uh, the two kayaks actually you know made me feel bad because they walked it over to the water and i'm like you guys like i'm, I'm not an invalid i can help you know <laughs> as long as you're not asking me to do jumping jacks that you might see me writhing on the ground afterwards but i can help Trope. carry a kayak um and they're like no we got it so they got it brought it down to the docks the two boats um popped the pedal drives in made sure the seats were adjusted and uh here's you know we, we talked about this right before we went on air like derek and ted now have a baseline that a guy who's six foot four with a 36 inch inseam the feel free, unfortunately, is probably not going to be your best choice because yep. I actually had problems drawing my knees back because it was so tight. But again, I'm, I'm a Sasquatch. Somebody else who comes in here who's, you know, your height might be perfect, yep. Bobby, you know? Yeah. Um, so we, I tried to get in there. I think, what did I make it? Two feet with that? I don't even think I got yeah. a full rotation. Yeah, it was just, it was too much. There wasn't enough depth in yeah. that kayak specifically for you, for you to get your knees far enough back close enough to your chest, I should say, for you to be able to get that full rotation. But that's also part of the experience. You know, we yeah. we, we have multiple options. That way, if one of these doesn't work for you, that's, we'll that's find no one. issue. We're gonna find something that works for that's you. That's awesome. Yep, so my next step was getting in that Slayer and it was as expected, if not better. I mean, that yep. was just, that's a tight boat. Um, I took it on a little lap around, forward, backwards, got the reverse. Um, you guys- That's so cool. They attached a couple GoPros, so there's some wacky wackiness on the water that i'm sure will surface somewhere there's some comedy gold there's some on the way you know me i run my mouth yep. and if there's a gopro on i ran it even more so you guys have some <laughs> you guys have some value out of this little trip <laughs> yep. i went on but no that slayer um that slayer looks like it's going to be a good fit and we're going to go from there um there's going to be some customization being done that ted's going to handle i i talked with derek about it most because ted was running around doing other stuff but um really i'm keeping it very minimal i use like cannon rod holders Yep. And I put them all on the left side. Anybody who's, who's fishing out of a kayak, I always recommend it. Well, I shouldn't say always on the left side. If you're right-handed, put them on the left side. It kind of knocks down the amount of times you whack your other fishing rods that are behind you. True. I give the whole right side, nothing's behind me. Yeah. Uh, that's actually where, um, for my other kayak, my, my ultimate, I always put my transducer mounts right there. So I can just, that's the only thing there. It's not going to yeah. be affected and by it. And it's low enough. Yep. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Yep, but anything that's that's tall, you don't want that on your right side if you're right-handed. And yep. if you're left-handed, reverse it. Put everything on the right side. That's just a recommendation. I saw, I can't remember who it was. Somebody at a tournament asked me about that this year and said, you put everything on the left side? And I said, yeah, so I don't bash my rods. And they just looked at him and went, that's a good idea. Yeah, it's amazing. You, you know, can and, almost see the light switch turn on. Yeah. But just like... Oh, wow. Because yeah. I think we related one of the stories where I, one of those uh, lose rods that I was trying out, one of the spinning yep. rods, I reared back to cast and I smacked the rod with, with the rod I was using. And the next time I went to grab that lose rod, I had, I had done so much damage to it. I cast and the thing broke right in half and it was a one piece. It wasn't a two piece. 
You ever hooked your own rod doing that? I did once and I casted it. Yes. Yeah. That was I, that was fun. <laughs> yes, but you know, the problem was, and Bobby and I talked about this in the last tournament of the year I did, um, one of the MAKB ones, it wasn't the rod. I put I sunk treble hooks from a crankbait into my my safety flag my visibility flag the foam at the base of it that's what caused the backlash where i lost all that 15 pound test and i had to switch reels the whole and that's when that i'm the, just gonna i'm just gonna go ahead and say it that no. goddamn a2 side the thing A2. fell off and I, <laughs> the gotcha. amount of swearing yes yeah, so. although in this episode this is why i love doing these interviews in this episode we have a concept a fail in the interview yeah and I'll tell you what, there has been a major upgrade from the A to the A2. Yeah. Because the panel for the reel does not exist for this reel any longer. It's at the bottom of some East Tennessee body of water. Yes. Oh, yeah, you were telling me. Really, we'll, we'll leave that as a teaser for everyone yeah. to, to hang on for that. But yeah, I mean, I hate to say it. Like, when we got those reels from Joe's, and I know I'm going off on a tangent, but that's what we do. Yeah. When we got those reels from Joe's we were, we, from, from Old Glory. We were very excited about it. Oh, yeah. And... Like I said, that one feature that I don't like, that's just personal. It was enough for you to have a bad experience overall. It's I get the, that. It's the performance on that thing that killed yep. me. That yep. when that when that thing fell out. Now the backlash was my fault. But when I opened everything up and the whole spool fell out and shit just went completely haywire, that's when the smoke was coming out of my ears and I said, "Okay, I think I've had enough." And I've actually I I came up with a, a game plan for I, I think, other reels, but I, I think I have an idea for this cuz I could I could put that A2 to good use. You need a paperweight? No, 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 no. I, I, I need a crankbait rod, a reel. Jeff, we'll work something out. I, I could probably work something I out. I think it's fried Let's me. Talk I, think, about I think it took like part it's, of my soul. It's burned you enough. Yeah, I'm good. But, but anyways, yeah, I'm sorry. We, we, we went off on a tangent. But anyways, I did my little, I did my little loop-dee, right? I came back, got out of the water, uh, extremely stable. I don't remember if you guys, I think you guys were holding it just in case. Obviously with the water being, you know, there's, it's that's seawater. We went on it and there's a sheet of ice on it. And seawater is the last thing in the world to freeze. Yep. So that should tell you how cold out it is down oh, yeah. in New England right now. But um, there was enough open water that we got Shout around. out to our southern listeners, by the way. Yeah. If, you, if you ever think like, oh, it gets chilly down here, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> shut up. <laughs> yep. So, uh, I mean, I don't think I would have had any problems getting out. But you guys held it just for safety's sake in this water. Um, even with the wetsuit, I wasn't planning on testing it. No, 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 no. <laughs> I was here to test the kayak, not the durability of a wetsuit. And uh you know, and how quick the uh, the emergency response would get here. So, um, True. yeah, so it worked out. And um, with, with Ted, uh, I mean, I don't think there's a lot like I would have to do to this kayak if, you know, if I were to walk out the door with it without being rigged up. But the cannon rod holders are one thing, which you guys carry. And I want, you know, the ram mount ones in particular, I've learned my lesson with the non-ram mounts. Mm -hmm. um, unfortunately, they're... Um, because you have to screw them down into the base sometimes it feels to me like there's there's either they're either too tight and they're they're warping the track itself because i mounted the tracks on top of myself where on my native on my ultimate um so they're either too tight or too loose with a ball mount you tighten it down and then you can just clip the thing right on there and you're good to go yep. um so yeah there's that and then um with you know with with electronics uh, i'm honestly leaving it in your and derek's hands because you guys have some things that have come new to the store and really want me to put through their paces yeah. and i've told I, I talked with derek about this earlier and i was just kind of laughing about it like the fish finders i use are like generally 100 to 150 dollars i use them for depth and i use them for temperature temperature and yep. that's those are like so two huge important things so if you guys are going to introduce me to other things man i'm all for it 
Um, aside from that, you know, you, Bobby and I talked about on a previous podcast, uh, the Christmas one, the Christmas yep. list. Yeah. And then right when we walked in the store, the first thing I grabbed and showed you was, look what they're carrying was Noqua batteries. Yeah. So you guys do have the 12, the bigger 12 volts underneath them for anybody who's conventional or using, you know, if that's their setup. Mm-hmm. Um, but those Noquas, I mean, they're literally the size of like two packs of cigarettes put together. They're, they're so yeah. small, they're light. And they You're, last. And if you guys, I, I know, um, Lauren, you said you were listening to some of the previous podcasts. Did you come across the one where I dropped one of those 12 volts on my foot in the dark? And no. I was wearing sandals. No. <laughs> I, had, I had to go to the doctor for when I was still enlisted. And I'm like, I can't run this week. He's like, why? And I showed him my foot. He's like, oh, my God, what did you do? Because <laughs> it was swollen and blue, but there was still a white corner <laughs> you know what I mean? Right in the middle of it. He goes, that might be broken. I go, yeah, you yeah. think? <laughs> you hit that hard. I dropped, well, it was, it, was, it was on the seat of my Tacoma, yeah. and I yanked a sweatshirt or something, and it came with it, and I didn't see it. I felt it. Yeah. And I started screaming. You felt so, it. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. So, um, but as far, like I said, as far as, uh, as far as like customizations for this, it's really not a lot I have to have done because the track systems are all over. This, Native put one, two, three. I'm looking at the back end of the boat right now, and there's one, two, three, four. Four, five, five. I can see, and I think there's another one or two in the front. Yep. Yeah. There's this thing is loaded with. They they actually got clever enough that a track system is used as a handle on the back end. Oh, absolutely. So I think that's genius. Yeah. So I've got to put a visibility flag on there. We've we've talked about that. Um, the rod holders, whatever electronics, and then um, honestly, the easiest thing. I have a couple of those little roto grips. We were talking about when I was doing the test drive. I just I can put those on myself or whatever and just slide them on. But um, as far as customization goes, I mean that's easy. You know, more, more and more kayaks are coming with yeah. the track systems, which makes it easier on everybody. But um, I wanted to talk to Ted about a lot of stuff because, you know, there's, it's not just the track systems. Like when you talk about electronics, if you don't have channels in the boats, that requires some drilling. Mm-hmm. You got to do that. So, Ted, how long have you been doing like the modifications? Has it been a couple years or? Um, yeah, since I started here like two years ago, um, I started out in the rental fleet, but um, there was only one guy running the store at the time to do the rigging and stuff so he took me under his wing and taught me pretty much everything I know about it um but yeah I've been doing it ever since I started here I absolutely love it it's really daunting at first to drill those holes and (laughs) and cut into this kayak especially it's supposed to be watertight you know but um but yeah I I absolutely love it it's it's just like fun for me now it's just fun to do and and they make it so easy on you nowadays the natives the hobies they're all pretty much set to go with transducer plates and holes for them to pull up into and all this stuff it's it's really awesome yeah you say that i remember the first time i, I took a drill to a kayak and it was just a cheap 300 hundred dollar rec kayak it was one of the pelicans mm-hmm. and i had my drill and i'm just standing over it for a solid minute going do i want to do this <laughs> do i want to do this and i just took a deep breath and went, whoa, whoa. <laughs> and that was it but yeah i mean um from what from what I was looking at, like I said, the, the stuff I need for, for that Slayer is going to be quick and easy. Mm-hmm. It looks like, honestly, it looks like the handle um, track mount in the back just needs to be pulled off for a uh, visibility flag. Yep. And that's and once honestly, once the once the base of that flag goes in there, it's just going to be screw on, screw off. I can drop that thing anytime I want. Yep. And I, th- I think some of them are even collapsible now, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, the so, Visicarbon Pro collapses down yeah. and... The, the flag itself is its own bag. Yep. And so it's the store is in the back. It's almost like a, a, a tent pole, right? Yeah. 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 Same so it's thing. got a bungee yep. inside. Mm-hmm. So that, I mean, it looks a lot easier, but um, if anybody needs something, like I am looking at the Slayer and the one thing, I don't think I'll need it because it's got a, it's got the pedal drive, but one thing that I always, it's really easy for me to do, and I'm sure you've done it a million times, just putting in four U-loops for a really quick anchor, anchor trolley. Mm-hmm. You know, that's so easy to do, but a lot of people, again, if you don't want to do it, 
Ted, yep. you're here. It's just yeah. a simple yeah. couple yeah. of holes. Totally. And then, you know, I, I don't know about you, but like for me, I, what I'll do is I'll take the screws and I'll dip them in uh, either like caulking mm -hmm. or, um, you know, I, I like using if I can get a hold of it is aquarium cement. Oh. I know it's the same shit, but yeah. you know, sometimes you look at caulking that you're using for your bathroom. That's just holding tiles in or keeping water back. Yeah. Aquarium cement, you're putting how much pressure on that? Yep. You never know. I mean, how much pressure is on an 85 gallon fish tank? I got right. one in my basement, mm -hmm. right. but you know, it's stuff like yeah. that. So, yeah. So really, with with customizations, yep. Call and that it. kind of stuff is designed to be submerged in water. Yes. Opposed, and that's that's one of the big things. That you, um, Ted was just putting a brand new um, bumper. Bumper bro. Bumper, bumper bro. bro. On uh, or bumper bro. Sorry. On um, a PA for a Hobie PA fourteen and. One of the things we were talking about is okay. Do I get the do I get the plumbing or do I get the get the marine the marine? And I said get the marine. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I said because you know that because it's the difference of what is water meant to repel water versus what's what can be submerged in water. Yeah. Yep. You know, and so that's that's one of the you know that's just one more piece of the type of stuff that we do here is that we take a look at those kinds of things and say okay how should we really be attaching this stuff? What should we be using? And what's going to create the durability um, so that your gear is going to stand up in the water? You know, I mean... <laughs> We're not using backsplash silicone to put, you know, your anchor trolley <laughs> in the back. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. You know, because we don't want it to fall off and leak and the next thing you know, you're calling me, telling me what my kayak's in the bottom of the bottom of the sound so yeah you don't <laughs> want to deal with anything well yeah. well if anybody had been listening to the show for the past six months i think i covered that with pool noodles right that's true <laughs> yeah be, they should have a sopping wet kayak but still floating it's still floating yeah, pool exactly. noodles. Mm -hmm. yep um now as far as the service goes and you know mo for modification and, and all that um you got now you don't just service the the kayaks that you sell you you uh, like if somebody comes in and they've they've got a kayak that they, and they just like we'll just say Maybe maybe Bobby Roast Beef doesn't exactly feel comfortable doing these modifications on his own. Maybe he's made a few mistakes in his life, and it's cost him some coin. Uh, you know, if, if somebody's like, you know, I, I'm looking to get let's let, let's say electronics, and they they want to you know throw something in, they can come down and and you guys will do all the service and everything right there, so you can get top notch service done and and you know protect yourself by you know in my case not doing the work yourself you know yeah we we will do um we we will do installations on any brand kayak yeah um we we actually have a, a client of ours that comes back on a regular basis that does not fish out of one that we that we carry mm -hmm. um that ted's probably done three or four sets of modifications for him <laughs> yeah. on them now um that that he just he brings it back to us yeah. because he knows it's going to get done right. He yeah. likes the work that we do. Yep. Um, and you know Ted does an excellent job. He's he's quick. And um, if he's not sure about if you have options about which way to go about doing stuff, mm -hmm. Ted does a lot of research and plans things out before he drills that first hole in yeah. your kayak. That's so there's lame. there's there's. There's a constant line of communication between Ted and whoever's having the work Correct. done on their boat. Yep. So that way everybody knows before anything's done, these are the things that we want to do. 
do you want to go forward with this or do you want to go in a different direction? That's great. Yeah. Yeah. And one of the things, one of the big things that, that we try to stress to, to our customers that are having work done, and this is, this is really, really important, and it doesn't matter whether you have your work done here or whether you're having your work done somewhere else. Whenever you take your kayak in to have it work done on it, remove everything that you don't need yeah. in order to for the rigging guy you know I, I feel like there's a story yeah. <laughs> I'm feeling like there might be like a story so so we've had stuff where people come with their kayaks completely loaded we've had um, eels in kayaks before oh, that can God. be getting you know, remove their, there's live. Yes. yes. Oh, awesome. Oh, wow. Yeah, they, Where they've lost them in their, in their boat. Yeah. 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 See, I'm, I'm a polite customer. I always remove my inflatable Antonio Banderas blow up doll of course. <laughs> before bringing it in for service. <laughs> That's a South Park joke. Come on. <laughs> Hang on. But, but the other thing is too, is that your, 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 whoever's doing your work on, on your boat doesn't want to be responsible. Yes. For yep. your electronics. If, if, if Ted's doing a lighting job and he's not doing anything that's that has to do with your your fish finder, keep your fish finder home. Yep. You know we have unfortunately we've had a lot of guys that have literally gone out fishing, come off the water, and literally brought their boats to us sopping wet and said, "Okay, here you go. Fix it. Fix yeah. it. You know." And okay, great. I don't need your 19 rods. I don't need your tackle boxes. I don't need. Please take please take all yeah. that stuff home um, because. Unless you are going to sit there and go through and document every single piece of equipment that you you guys don't want to be responsible, I don't want to be responsible for it. You know, yeah, that makes sense. Stuff happens. Yeah, you know, I mean, we've got a the boats get moved all over the place when Ted is rigging. If we've got to flip a boat over in order to get to something, you know, the less stuff that's on there so that something inadvertently gets broken the better um, I mean that's not even it a lot of the time there, when there's that much stuff you'll forget what you had in there exactly you come yeah. back and you're like where's my paddle and then you go home and you're like oh here's my paddle it's at home <laughs> but, but in the meantime yeah. you think you stole my paddle where's my paddle <laughs> yeah I know no it definitely makes sense now now Sean did a good example of of mentioning you know some of the brands and and stuff like that but you guys really you kind of have it all. So why don't you go and walk me through the brands of not only the kayaks and paddle boards, but also, you know, the wide array of accessories that you have. Um, and I saw one of the first things that I saw when we came in was that you guys have the suspense uh, racks for storage, which is huge, yep. as well as the uh, the all-terrain airless cart. I just saw uh, a video that Chad Hoover had put out reviewing that cart, and yep. he swears by it. Yep. Um, so yeah, explain some of the variety of stuff that you guys have to offer. So we've really, in the last year, we've really expanded our product um, base. Um, we are a Hobie, we're a native, we're a bona fide dealer. This year we've added Jackson, and we added Feel Free Kayaks. Mm -hmm. um, as well as Johnny Boat. As well as Johnny Boat. Um, yep, thank you, forgot those. Um, <laughs> um, in our paddle boards, we'd previously only carried Hobie paddle boards. Um, oh, okay. And this year, uh, we're expanding to um, Bic boards. Um, we're also adding Tahe Outdoors boards and Pauhana. So those are three new sets of boards that are coming in, in addition to the Hobies. Hobie is slowly paring down what they're carrying for 
their paddleboard line anyway. They're down to two models now. Um, so oh, okay. they're kind of phasing themselves out. Yep. Um, and so we're picking up some other brands. And, and each one of the brands that we've picked up kind of has their own... Um, like the Pauhanas are great for paddleboard yoga. Yeah. Um, the Tahes are really good for getting out and doing recreation. And um, the Bix are, they became a staple in my rental fleet last year. Oh, okay. Um, but they're a nice, lightweight beginner board. I can get kids on them yep. and do, you know, kids' classes with them. And they work, they work great. It's awesome. Um, but as far as our, our products that we carry, oh boy, I'll let you guys go to that. Yeah, we've got. <laughs> There's a long list. Uh, Yak Attack, Yak Power, Yak Gear, Railblazer, uh, Naqua, FPV. Um, we have Amped. Amped Outdoors. We have Level 6. We have, oh, let's see, who else do we have here? We have Cajun Rods. Um, Burley Pro. Burley Pro. Uh, Lawrence, Garmin, and... Torquedo. Torquedo. Yep, we carry Torquedo as well, and we're bringing in more and more stuff as we continue to go along. There's, I'm sure there's more in that. Oh, yeah. We just, it's never ending, but they are all on our website. So yeah. it's, you can see all of our brands that we carry as well as our own branded apparel and some other stuff that'll be coming out from us in the near future, all there at threebellsoutfitters.com. And I think, I think really for the, for the listener, the take home from all that is that, and, and aligning with the customer service is that if you, you know, if you've tried a couple of products that are out there and maybe it wasn't just right for you, this is the place to be to find what's right for you because they've got the selection and the knowledge to be able to fit you for the right kind of stuff. And then also the ability to gear you up so you're ready to go out if you're going to go and fish you know uh kayak fishing tournaments or you're going to you know go and do you know some some you know a, a long river float and do some camping or something like that they're going to get you in, in a position so that you're you're good to go um it's kind of a no-brainer if you're looking for uh kayak accessories if you're looking to get a brand new kayak if you're looking to get serviced threebellsoutfitters.com is the website go and uh give them a look tell them for sure that jigs and big sent you uh and uh and you know i mean they're, they're gonna take great care of you i think that's really what it's what it's kind of all about you know yeah and you know one of the things that we do um a little bit differently i think than maybe some other vendors too is um when we have customers buy a brand new kayak and they're sitting there and they're they're going, oh, I need this and need this. If they're not experienced, if, if this is a new venture for them as far as getting into the fishing and stuff like that, um, a lot of times we'll tell them, take your kayak, go out a couple times in it, kind of take the stuff you have, see what works, and then kind of put a game plan as far as, you know, oh, you know, I really wish I had some roto grips for my for my paddles. I really wish yeah. I had had, I, I want this type of rod holder that has an extension on it that articulates, or you know what, I just want a straight tube, you know. But until you get out there on your boat and do that, you really don't necessarily know what it is that yeah. you, you want right away. So we, you know, we'll tell people if, if you haven't done this before, take your boat out once or twice. Get familiar with it. Get familiar with where stuff is, and then come back, and we'll fit, we'll help you fit it out at that yeah. point. You know, um, because we've seen where people have just, all right, I want all this, yeah, and, and they get it all on their boat, and then they go, I can't move, and there's too much, and you know, and now they've they've gone and purchased 
more than than they need than and they need you, yeah. and you know so one thing one thing that um jumped out at me and i forgot to mention this earlier when i was talking with with both ted and derek so when we initially talked there was a service you guys um said that ted has got going now with hull repair mm-hmm. i think we would be I'm amiss glad you i'm, I'm sorry up. i know bobby i know it sounded like we were kind of getting towards the end of this interview and i didn't want no to, i'm glad you brought that i didn't up. want to crowbar something in but i think that's such a huge service because even if you know if you're an experienced kayak angler kayak angler um, or if you, you're out with your kayak, yep. there's two things that hurt plastic, the sun and gouges, scratches, <laughs> right? You know, really the bottom of the hull. If you, you go ahead and hit a tree or a submerged telephone pole, or, you know, if you're fishing in the canals of Holyoke where Bobby lives, a submerged car. Yep. Um, shopping, <laughs> shopping carts will wreck Shopping carts, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Telling you. So when, you, when, when we all talked for the first time and you had said that, yeah, Ted has gotten a lot of experience repairing hulls, I did a hull repair on a, on a native ultimate last year and... That was miserable. So it sounds like you have more of a streamlined process. Do you want to like briefly cover it? Because I think that's hugely important that if somebody's got a kayak that's in bad shape, no matter the brand, you're the man. Yeah, totally. Um, I've gotten a lot of practice plastic welding this year. Um, I actually spent a couple of the first months before last summer, and I took a couple of our older warranty hulls, and I cut them all up as like gouged them as deep as I could. I, I even made like holes and stuff and I set myself to work learning how to weld any kind of hole. So any, whether it's an actual hole hole or it's just a crack in the hole, I taught myself how to do all of that. And I spent so much time on it that it's, it's become like kind of second nature to me now. So um, that's something that I was super excited to get working on this summer. Um, the we do like this thing now called resurfacing so any kind of scratching and all that kind of stuff we we can take almost any scratch out any kind of gouge we can either um we either will sand it down and then we'll backfill um, with the plastic welder some of the deeper scratches and stuff and then we sand it down with multiple levels of sandpaper so it gets completely smoothed out and then we uh there's a couple different like plastic shine and buffers and stuff that i use from there to make it smooth again and mm-hmm. shiny um, but yeah that was something i was really excited to get to get um, into our lineup this year um something that we haven't seen from anywhere else before is this new resurfacing thing so mm-hmm. um so yeah we're really excited about it that's huge because when you make i mean uh, such a a, a sizable investment in a kayak it's great that you can kind of bring some new life into it after it's you know i mean these things get abused i mean it just it it happens you have something you know you you load it up on a truck or a trailer and there's something in there or you you know it's oftentimes it's just just portability you know it's going to come with the territory so it's great that you got to get to reignite like you know what was old is now somewhat new again that's mm-hmm. great that's huge so when you know when our listeners go ahead and order a kayak off amazon and it comes in a in a trailer and it you know it's perforated by 45 ginsu knives <laughs> you bring it to ted and he's gonna have four, <laughs> bring it to ted yeah. he's gonna have four words and it's gonna be that all you got <laughs> no so. ted ted got some real good practice I, he took a couple of uh we when we do our rentals we also do off-site rentals mm-hmm. um so we'll have people that will rent a kayak for a week and we if they're local here we will deliver it to them we'll drop off and pick up um, and we'll do weekend and week-long rentals off-site and there was a set of 
tandem kayaks that I rented out and they came back and they literally looked like they had been dragged through oh, the concrete boy. parking lot. Yeah. I mean, there were still curly shavings on the sides oh, of the boat, right? That bad. You know? Oh yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. It was like and, somebody dragged it through an oyster bed. Yeah. <laughs> That's awful. Yeah. That sucks. And so that was one of the first projects Ted worked on when he was working on trying to do the resurfacing. And I said, here, take this. It's a rental boat. You know, and we knew that we're, there were some decent gouges in it. Oh, so, yeah. you know, go plaster all those. And he, he resurfaced it. And when he got done, I was like, holy cow. I mean, was it brand spanking new? No, it looked like it had been a gently used rental boat for one season that it had you know that's awesome it, yeah. i mean it was just it was night and day the transformation that he did in it it was yeah. really, it was really quite amazing that's so. awesome said something about the level of 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 service when it comes to servicing your boats and, and getting all that handled and having it done the right way that's 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 a huge endorsement mm -hmm. yeah i mean kayaks aren't like you know a softball bat, no. but, but the pop's going to go out of it in two years. You, you want to keep that thing alive. If you spent as long as possible, any amount of money, whether it's a three hundred dollar rec kayak yep. up to a you know five thousand or whatever dollar powered kayak, the hull goes all that everything in it's worthless. Yeah. So yeah, if you've got if you've got the experience doing it, man, like I like I said, I did that last summer on that one native, and I was it, you know it worked. It mm -hmm. took me a long time, and the, the, the crack. I, it's not like I had a small spot somewhere that wouldn't have mattered it was at the front of the boat right in the middle right at the point of the of the hull and um that took me a long time and, and if you've got the experience in that man god bless you <laughs> i mean <laughs> good call ted don't call me i'm not doing <laughs> very good guys uh i i think does that does that cover everything? well I, I mean i only had one thing left and I feel, I, go I, for it, we, it we've, we've talked about this relationship with rebels yep so what can our listeners expect from this Right off the bat, I know you guys, all the, everybody's listening will hear, if Three Bells has an event, you're going to see or hear that probably yep. on our page. You're going to hear about us probably talk about it a little bit. Particularly, um, we discussed before we went on air, there's one event coming up in the summer. You guys have an annual event. Mm -hmm. um, and I know that's going to be, it's going to be tight for me, but I'm probably going to try and get home for it. Um, I may be on vacation. We'll, we'll see what the wife says. That's, that's out of my hands. I, <laughs> <laughs> but... Um, they have events, and then we've also talked, too, about possible demo days in the future. We have absolutely yes. nothing but penciled in nothing, yep. but we have talked about it, so that's an option because I think we talked – did we talk about it on the show where there's oh, – it's not, it's not a huge – there's a bit of a void where we're at where there's not a lot yeah. of people doing kayak demos anymore, so that might be somewhere you guys could – And that's exactly it. Yeah, there is. There's a big yeah. – in, in western Massachusetts, it's like you're, you're – it's very slim pickings for – you know, if you're if you're looking to go and buy a kayak, it's it's really you know, and and to have the ability to try it before you buy it is almost unheard of currently. Yeah, right you now know? it hasn't been for a few years. Yeah, I know it's been was, a little while. There was one dealer in uh, in Western Mass that yeah. actually I actually bought a couple of my natives from. Yep, and they have since switched their business to uh, mountain biking and other things, and yep. and they don't kayak, carry kayaks, but they used to do a a large. Uh, um, what do you call it? Demo day. Yep. Over at, uh, what was it? Hamden Ponds over in Westfield. So oh, they was do it? There, yeah. Hamden so Ponds? Oh, okay. They did. They would drag their thing right out. they drag their trailer right on the beach and just unload the boats and try them and see what you think. Yep. Um, yeah, so I think that would be a great move for us to do something like that. But, I mean, uh, we have, you know, also between Three Bells and Jigs and Bigs, we're in really good company. Sean mentioned EKF, yep. uh, mm -hmm. uh, you know, Elite Kayak Fishing. Also with the various... Um, 
KBF trails in and around the Northeast as well. You know, uh, Jason Gardner, Ken Wood, we've had them on the show before. Uh, we're go- you're going to see jigs and bigs and three bells and, and very you know various places at all kinds of different events. So so be ready for that. Um, I mean, it's it's we're really excited and and it was a big thing for us because we we try to partner specifically with with uh, companies and brands that are. Uh, they're, they're, they're really customer oriented. They're just good. We're looking for good folks really is what it is. And I think at the end of the day, when it comes to the outdoors and, and fishing uh, or, or, you know, paddle sports, it, it's like that's that's really what you need. So I'm going to go ahead and kick to the commercial. Yeah, this was awesome. Let's thank, do it. I, I can't think. Well, I, we got to be polite. That's, Where's your manners? I, I, <laughs> thank you guys so much for having us down here and letting us record here <laughs> and letting us do the trial and uh, and not killing me with cold water. No <laughs> very thank, important. Thank yeah, you for, for coming down. We it's, appreciate you guys. We really do. Thank we'll you very much, guys. Yeah. No, absolutely. Like once we hit that like fifty degree water. Yeah, I think that's a good idea. Good. Yeah, yeah, I think I can, I'll go for a paddle. Yeah. <laughs> I love I love to fish, but I'm a I'm a surf cast kind of girl. Yep. Um, as gotcha. opposed as opposed to, you know, getting in a kayak. Uh, but I'll go, definitely go for it. Go for a paddle. Yeah, absolutely. We can surf cast too because I got uh, Nelson was very nice and dropped a surf cast reel off my house. I have to buy a rod to pair it up with, but yeah. now I have an excuse to buy a fishing rod. There you go. <laughs> what a terrible you need thing. Yeah. <laughs> what a terrible thing. I know. I know. Now, just remember the ducks in my cove are off limits. Oh, yeah. The only ones that we're concerned <laughs> I, with. I don't see a sign. <laughs> I love it. Guys, uh, we'll be back with uh, Slaunch Doctor after this word from Three Bells Outfitters. Jigs and Bigs is proud to announce that we're being supported by Three Bells Outfitters. Located in Smith Cove on the Niantic River, TBO is Connecticut's premier paddle sports retailer. They're a full service shop specializing in kayaks and paddle boards for everything from recreation to tournament fishing. Three Bells is an authorized dealer of Hobie, Jackson, Feel Free, Native, and Bonafide kayaks, as well as many paddleboard brands. Not sure of what kind of SUP or kayak you want? TBO offers free demos of all brands. Want to go for an extended test drive? They have a full service rental facility on site. Three Bells also offers a complete rigging service for your kayak with such brands as Yak Attack, Yak Gear, Burley Pro, Yak Power, Torquedo, and more. The sky is the limit. You can visit Three Bells Outfitters in person or online at threebellsoutfitters.com. They ship anywhere in the lower 48 states or order online and pick up at the store. Can't make it to the store to pick up your kayak or worried the freight company might damage your purchase? Three Bells Outfitters offers a white glove delivery of kayaks within a 225-mile radius of their store at a rate less than typical freight carriers. They will deliver your kayak, set it up, and answer any questions you may have. Be sure to follow them on Facebook and Instagram. Don't forget to tell them Jigs and Bigs sent you Three Bells Outfitters because life is better on the water. Alrighty, guys, Bobby Roast Beef here for a brand new segment. It's our interview segment now, and I'm joined by two folks that uh, you might, well, you might know from Instagram, Slaunch Doctors. Uh, we've got Brad and Zach here. We're going to talk about all kinds of good stuff, fishing related, and uh, all kinds, of, all kinds of good stuff. Um, let's get right to it, guys. How you doing tonight? 
Pretty good, man. How are you doing? I'm, I'm doing okay. I'm doing okay. I must admit, uh, your audio sounds fantastic. Well, thanks. Appreciate yeah, sounds that. sounds fantastic. Let's Brad bought this fancy microphone here that we're talking into. I feel I feel pretty important looking at this thing. I'm not gonna lie. That's what I'm saying. You know, I mean, there's something to be said about quality production. I appreciate that. That's good. So let's get into it, guys. We'll talk about uh, about about how you guys both found fishing, how it kind of you know was introduced into each of your lives, and and how you sort of. Um, individually kind of came to love it the way you did. And then how the two of you guys got together and started, you know, fishing together and then creating content. So why don't you kind of walk me through that story? Like, how did you guys each find fishing? How, how'd you discover it? Um, so I, man, I've been fishing since basically since I was knee high to a grasshopper. Uh, my uncle, he taught me, uh, as a child, like how to, how to shoot guns and, and how to fish and do all the above. So, uh, uh, the first fish I can ever remember catching, it was with him, of course. And uh, I was always a trout fisherman. I, I did that pretty much my whole life and, until I started bass fishing. But I can remember him setting the hook on this. Well, at the time, I didn't know he was setting the hook on on, the, on said trout. But then he would hand me the pole and say, now, you know, if you if you feel it bite, you feel it tug, there's a fish on there. Jerk it and reel it, you know. So, so he hands me the pole and uh, – I, I remember jerking this fish and I jerked it so hard that I jerked it completely out of the water. <laughs> the fish landed on the bank behind me. Nice. So ever since then, I've just kind of been hooked and, uh, you know, and it just kind of evolved from there. And now I really don't do as much trout fishing. Uh, yep. Small mouth bass is, uh, that's, that's my favorite. Well, and and that's what uh, you know when we initially started talking about putting this this in, this segment together, you guys had mentioned. Now you're in Eastern Tennessee, right? That's correct. Yep. Very nice. So you and you guys um, down far that south, you still have open water, right? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I we am so jealous. Oh my god, because smallies like I've always felt like smallmouth were special. You know, and and it's just like I I get as soon as you mentioned uh, East 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 Tennessee uh, smallmouth, I was I was I'm sold. I'm like, yeah, this is all about it. I got I got to know what, what what fishing is like down there. So, go ahead, pick up pick up from where you left off. Walk walk me kind of through the whole story, how you guys connected. Yeah, so I'm like uh, uh, the fishing thing. You know, it goes as far as that. But uh, we, I guess, how many years ago has it been when we worked together? Yeah, gosh, oh. Probably what six going on six. All right, see, it's 2000. Well, I think it was 2012, yeah, probably. So yeah, yeah. Going oh, wow. on nine years, I guess, this Holy year. Cow, so I guess yeah. they've known each other that long. <laughs> we actually we actually both worked together at a local jail and we were both corrections officers. Right? Oh, okay, all right. My brother in law is a corrections officer. Yeah, nice, nice. Yeah. So, uh, we started off there. I, ne- I never knew him uh, before that, and um, you know, we just kind of hit it off. We had a good summer together and stuff. We were both going to kind of similar life situations mm-hmm. and things like that. So we kind of hit it off and, uh, you know, we're both outdoorsmen and love the outdoors and stuff like yep. that. So we, of course, made a few hunting trips and fishing trips and things like that. And, you know, that's that's just kind of where it rolled. And then a couple of years ago, you mm-hmm. know, we we were both trout fishing some. Uh, we Sometimes we've got some good trout waters here locally within yeah. probably, what, 15 minutes drive time oh, for, yeah. for each of us. Mm-hmm. You know, and I guess historically, if an outsider looking in 
to this area, you would probably recognize it more for the trout waters. Oh yeah, the tourist. You know, it's a very very popular tourist destination. Okay, and uh, a lot of tourists come here just to trout fish. So, but anyway, we we've also fished the other rivers uh, and and streams in the area, and, and know there's other other species in yep. there. So, uh, and we went out a couple summers ago and just got real serious about the smallmouth and uh, found that. We we really we got a gym up here. I mean, we definitely have, it's it's, it's, it's excellent epic. excellent smallmouth bass fishing. It's yeah. it's really really good. It's pro it's it's we've talked to some others that are from other places mm-hmm. and uh, it's comparing it and a lot of those have heard of it up there and we were kind of surprised like wow you've heard of yeah east tennessee and severe county i mean it's no like it's no susquehanna river or anything yeah. like that but it's you know but yeah, it's definitely us, it's, a it's place big. worth stopping right yep. oh yeah, yeah for sure nice that's awesome yep. what about your uh like your your favorite how did you guys get into you know working on um on social media together how did the the instagram come come around like <laughs> Because this Crazy is the part stuff. that I always think is so so interesting. It's like, what is that spark that's like, hey, I want to share all these fish that I'm catching. You know what I mean? So uh, I guess what was it last year when we started? Uh-huh. So we were out on the river and uh, Brad was he was having a having a pretty tough day, and we were out with yeah. my brother yeah. and uh, <laughs> I was catching fish, and you you know you know how it goes. You oh, know, yeah. talk a little smack here and there, and I was like, I'm just gonna call myself the slaunch doctor and. Uh, Okay. And it just evolved from there. And I was like, man, we should start an Instagram page. And Brad's yeah. like, let's do it, man. Yeah, I was like, you said, what did you say? He's like, I should call myself the slosh doctor. I'm like, yeah. There's something there. Yeah, I absolutely. There. And then it just kind of grew from there. <laughs> oh, it's that's been, awesome. It's, it's a blast. It really is. It's, it's you know, um, it, it's amazing when you get on there and see what kind of networking you can do and how similar – from different parts of the country that you would, you know, wouldn't typically think they fish for the same species and do the t- same type of fishing techniques and all that. And you get oh, yeah. and you're like, it's all the same. It really is. Yep. It's just where you're at, you know? Yeah. yeah. Different. I mean, you get different growth seasons and different, different strains of bass, but like, mm-hmm. it's true. It's like, we're all kind of, we all have that one connection, you know, whether you're, I yeah. mean, well, I, I won't go that far. I'll say like, if you're pulling like 10 pounders out of like, you know, when mm-hmm. in Texas versus, you know, like like a, a, a trophy, you know, six pounds smallie out of the Great Lakes, or, or or even larger, like you know, there's still there's a common thread there. Um, what the hell else was I going to ask you guys? Oh yeah, as far as specific uh, to each of you guys, and I'm curious if this lines up. What's your favorite season to be out there? Like, what's the season you look forward to the most? I knew he was going to ask that. Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, personally, for me, up until this year. I would have said pre-spawn, spawn, you know. That's when I expect every rush, May and June, yep. uh, late April, May and June. And because the numbers are there and you can just go out and absolutely smash them. Yep. But for me personally, the quality fish, I've, I've started doing some online tournaments here in the last few months. It's awesome. And fishing in times of the year where, you know, most people kind of just shut it down, you know. Oh, um, yeah. Unless they're super, super dedicated fishermen. And um, so I've, been going out and fishing and i'm starting to love the late fall and winter fishing because i've caught the biggest fish i've caught in my life this oh yeah fall and winter like yep. ridiculous fish and <laughs> tell you because he 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 uh, he's expressed his uh 
unhappiness about yeah, it. Yeah, let me just trips. let me let me tell you, I hate winter fishing. Yeah. I hate it. I you know I've I've been out there. It's not like I haven't tried. I fished more this yeah. winter than I've ever fished in my life. And I man, I just I've caught some fish, but nothing, nothing worth talking about. And yep. I'm sitting over here, you know, watching this guy just drag 19 and a half, 20, 19, 18, you know, 17, you know, 20, 20 inch smallmouth is small. You know, that's a, big. That's, that's, that's a good fish. A yeah, fish. yeah. Yeah. And he's catching them left and right. And yep. I'm just sitting over here with, you know, my fish pole, my hand, like, what am I doing? So yeah. for me, hands down springtime, that's, you know, I'm, that's that's my favorite time. I'm curious: is one of you more the power fisherman? One of you more the finesse fisherman? I would say he's more of a power fish fisherman. And uh, really, we we do. You know, we do. We both. <laughs> I hate well, to admit it. We yeah. both probably do more uh, finesse fishing than yeah. than power Maybe. fishing. But hey, he's, he's definitely more the power fisherman. There is nothing wrong. With, I'm I'm definitely more of a finesse fisherman. Like I, will, I love finesse fishing. Yeah, me too. I, I just grew up as fish, yeah. fishing finesse. You know, there's just when something my dad about taught it. Taught me how to fish. You, you a plastic worm, a worm hook, and a yeah a, a bullet weight, and go out there in Texas rig and just you know with spinning rod and oh yeah ponds and rivers and uh, our local uh, reservoir here and. You know, that's that's just what I grew up with. I really yep. didn't even I didn't even own a bait caster until I was, you know, mid twenties. Yeah. And, you know, of course I bought the cheapest thing I could find, I'm sure. We all do. Or, or, or we buy somebody else's problem, like something that's used and we're like, it's missing parts. There yeah. You go. Yeah. 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 We've and, all been uh, there. And not know anything about it or mm-hmm. how to use it and <laughs> yeah. spend more time respooling it than you actually do fishing it. Yep. So but but no. yeah, I I I don't really consider myself a power fisherman. Yeah. But I guess if I'm not paying attention and I step back and watch myself fish, then I guess I am yeah. a power fisherman. Yeah, you definitely are. And, so, and listen to your podcast, you know, is listening to the, the new year, you know, and like oh, yeah. goals and stuff. So uh, I, I have, I've set some goals for myself and I'm, I'm going to try to do more of that that's awesome. this year. That's, that's my number one goal. I actually just bought a new, uh, a new Corrado reel, just got it in the mail the oh. other day. So I got the Corrado K. That's and, uh, man, great reel. It is a sweet reel. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's a it's a killer reel. I love I love mine. But you know, it's I that's that's the thing. I'm always I'm always interested because because I'm in the exact opposite. Like I I will use finesse fishing like a crutch almost. If if it gets yep. tough, yep. I'm just I'm gonna downsize. I'm gonna eventually I'm just gonna be you know throwing a drop shot. I'm I'm always ready to go with a drop shot or a net or like a weightless fluke or something like that you know, ready at the, at any, any time. And I'm trying to get better when it comes to finding fish. And really it's, it's, I've just got to get better with, with moving baits and stuff. I'm curious about this as far as like your favorite styles of bodies of water, do you guys favor more like pond hopping or are you looking for like, you know, medium to larger lakes or are you specifically looking for current all the time? For me, it's hands down river. Yeah, yeah the river. I, I'd be lying if I said it. we weren't both river rats. I mean, yeah. we yeah. are. <laughs> and it's it's just it's you can catch you can catch them when you can't catch them in mm-hmm. other places. Um, it's very cons- our rivers, in, you know, more specifically, they're super consistent. Well, uh, yeah, and that's you know that's just it's home to me. That's that's I grew up fishing trout, so I was always fishing moving water. Yeah, um, around here, you know, in the mountains and stuff. So. We do some lake fishing though. We try and, and oh, you know, yeah. pond you know, hop every now and then, but never want to stop learning and trying new, yeah. you know, new bodies of water and stuff like that. And you know, you get on 
the Facebook and the Instagram, you see the posts of people are like, oh, yeah, I went out such and such lake and slay oh, yeah. today. And you're yeah. like, let's load up, let's go. Yeah. Let's you know? try it out. Let's see see if it uh, let's see if it puts we up the We might have a good up, day you know? out there. We might not. Yeah, absolutely. Bad day fishing is better than a good day working, right? You're damn right. <laughs> You're damn right about that. As far as uh, like like weather preferences and things like that, is there any kind of a condition that either of you guys are just going to walk away from? You're like, I'm done. You won't do it? Well, as far as kayak, well, no. I guess it should both. My I've got a bass boat, and we both have kayaks. Mm-hmm. And heavy wind sucks. Yeah. <laughs> it's tough. It's like, really it's just, tough. It's super hard to focus on fishing because you're constantly just it's in a you know you're fighting and and trying to stay put and trying to you know fan cast and and make some accurate casts on places and you just it seems like you never get this cast on the same spot twice yes. and you feel like when you're done that you probably missed a lot of fish because yeah. you weren't able to stay put yep. so i would add i would add cold to that wind and cold <laughs> oh yeah man yeah count count me out yeah. so we were we went on a, on this float trip the other day on the kayaks and uh Man, the wind kicked up that evening, and it just it got cold, and we froze our ass off trying to get back to the truck. It was it was miserable. I couldn't feel my hands, my feet. Yeah. Oh yeah, nothing by the time we got back. So anything else though, we've done it all, man. We've yeah, been out in the, the in the rain. Yeah, it don't matter. Yeah. Wind and cold. Wind, yeah, wind is a tough one, especially in the kayaks. Or, I mean, but yeah, that's the thing. Even when you're on a boat, wind can suck. You know, it makes yeah. it just so <laughs> choppy and like, uh, it's unbelievable. It's Wind is definitely a big one. But I think everybody's got a different kind of threshold, what they can do. Cold, yeah. I will be out there. The only, when I'll stop when it's so cold is when my guides are icing up and it's a pro, it becomes a problem, you Whoa. know, functionally. And I'm just <laughs> well, like, I all right. I pull my gear out if there's going to be ice. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it, as soon as there's partial open water, I am out there and i'm there until it really until it'll freeze up but yeah it's and and i'm not you know i'm not a hero i'm not out there like from beginning to end i'll go out there and i might fish for 45 minutes and then go jump in the truck for a little bit and then run back out and you know kind of play it by ear but yeah no i i I hear you what time does this what time of year does your water start thawing out i guess usually we're like about i would say the the like mid-March is usually a time where we can kind of count on having open water. Uh, we'll still get snow into – I mean, we've had snow into April, like well into April before, but it won't it won't necessarily really freeze up. Once the ground starts to thaw in about like mid-March, things start to improve a little bit. Like St. Patrick's Day is a good marker, you know? Okay. So huh. we got a little ways to go, but, uh, you know, and, and yeah. this, this year it's actually finally like locally, we actually have some safe ice. So that's kind of helpful, you know, as far as being able to yeah. get those that do ice fish out there and, like, and on the water, but you kind of look at it to, like, if it's going to get, if it's going to get cold, it might as well get super cold. Really so cold. You get safe ice. Yep. That way you can at least keep fishing until it's ready yeah. to thaw the worst, and then go back. Like last winter was terrible. It wasn't cold enough to get safe ice locally. You had mm. to go further up north into New Hampshire or Maine, and it was just it was just crazy. But, I mean, you know, in the eastern part of the state, though, the, the it, it doesn't really freeze out there, you know. And that's the one nice thing that I will say, too, about current is that if it's, you know, the temperature cooperates, it takes a lot for the rivers like the Connecticut River where I am for the Connecticut River to get iced up. You know, it's it, it really has to get ridiculously cold for that. But, man, that's crazy stuff. Let's talk uh, as far as confidence baits. This is what I'm really interested in is what are each of y'all's top three confidence baits that you would, you're would you definitely going to have tied on? Uh, for me, mm-hmm. 
as bad as I hate to say it. <laughs> He's going to say the same thing, so yep. be ready for oh, that. Oh, it's okay. The Ned rig, obviously. And you guys are I smally mean, guys. Yeah, I mean, yeah, come on. They I just mean, crunch it. It's it's one of those, it's a love-hate bait, all right? Mm-hmm. So you, you hate to fish it, especially right now. Yep. It's cold. The water's, you know, our local rivers that we fish um, here, the water temps are running, they're hovering right at 40 degrees. So the fish are cold. Yep. They're still feeding in the cold, and but they're just, you know, the metabolism's so slow that they're not moving very much. Um, so it's just brutally slow fishing. It's yeah. just, you know, you feel like I might as well have a bobber yeah. <laughs> and, a, and, a, and a, or a, a, a worm on there or something and just be float fishing. Yep. But um, that would be my number one confidence. But just be, based on the year that I've had, we really, I, I personally didn't start fishing it until probably the last winter. Mm. So probably a year I've been fishing it, but oh, okay. it's consistently been the bait to put the most fish in the boat yep. or just the most produce the most con- consistent bite. Gotcha. Um, what's your favorite I, Ned it, head? Love it or hate it, but yeah. Um, what's your favorite Ned head to use? My favorite Ned head yeah. actually, uh, recently I, I found the company and ordered some online and, and uh, have been using them and really liking it um, is lifted jigs. EWG. Uh, the Eda, yeah, yeah, EWG. We you know, we fish the Z Mans or the or the whatever brands yep. um with the with the exposed hook and you just, you just get so sick of tying them on because we fish moving water with rocks and oh you get hooked up and on logs. Everything. You're gonna lose them at, yep. you know, probably it wasn't uncommon to go out a half a day trip and lose a whole pack or two. Yeah, oh, yeah. I would uh, usually buy like three packs at a time. Yeah, and I would gone, pick some up. You know, yeah. you caught some fish in between that. But you lost a lot of definitely. You lost so a terminal I'm, tackle. <laughs> at some at some point in the summer, late summer, I started trying to look for sources and and ideas with the EWG hook and just make it completely weedless. You saw some reports online. Uh, it might affect the the you know the movement of the bait because mm-hmm. it's pegged down there where the hook tip goes back in and you take expose it. But I. Uh, my results say otherwise. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree, man. I you agree. Know? You know, and it's it's so funny. Like when it comes to Neds, that's why I try to stay away. I'm always looking for a weedless or a, or a, or a snagless, mm-hmm. uh, closer to snagless option for a net head. What I've, you know, the problem is, see, I, where, I, where I live in Massachusetts, we can't use lead. We got to use lead really? alternatives. Yeah. So there's. Oh, wow. You can use lead so for you like. use everything tungsten? Well, or bismuth. Bismuth is another one. Uh, but like the so the jigs that that we make um, that we put out those are those are non lead. They're from uh, the jig heads we get actually from uh, leadfreebassjigs.com, and they're, they're good. And you know, I mean, I buy tungsten. I've I've used Woo. I've used. Um, I really like Reaction Tackle. That's that's really, yeah. I think is really really good value there. Um, yep. But I'm I'm dying to get a tungsten. Uh, EWG style Ned, so I can throw that. Because what I've been using is like a, as an alternative, is a really small EWG hook, and I'll peg like an eighth ounce tungsten weight, and I'll use whatever I want for the Ned for the Ned bait, and I'll just Texas rig it real small, and it I, it's a killer. I had the best spring I've ever had using that bait last spring. Wow. So have you ever heard of the tiny child rig? That's what I call it. Except it's the yeah. way the way I rig it. It's it's kind of backwards because I think the tiny child rig you would use like a like a Nico weight, like yeah, a, a nail, like a nail weight, weight yeah. yep, on the, on the, on the butt, butt end of it. And actually the reason why I haven't messed with that, I really like that Guggen rattling Ned with that rattle capsule in there. 
And it's, <laughs> I want to try that. We were talking about good. that. I, I we were talking about that just the other day. It's like it, it. It speaks to me in so many different ways because it's it's got the rattle, but it, it doesn't have the bulk. Like if you put like a uh, like some of the booyah jigs that I I started using when I was fishing jigs, mm-hmm. they have the the rattles on the the tie for the for the skirt. But that just adds more bulk to it, you know. When you're trying to finesse and, and, and stream it, streamline things, that rattling net is unbelievable. Yeah, it's killer. Yeah, yeah. I, well, I was telling him the other day. I went out and was trying to upgrade on the, the online tournament I'm fishing right now. Yep. Um, last Monday, and um, I, I put a a Ned the a Ned bait the the Z Man the last take. Yep. Same color on a micro finesse jig. And then I had my regular net on the EWG and I was throwing it. And I know there were fish in there because mm-hmm. I'd missed a couple and I felt them bite, but I didn't set the hook because they, they felt like, as we call them up here, pecker heads, yes. <laughs> a little small <laughs> yeah. fish, you know, yeah. it's like, it's like I'm out there up trying to upgrade. I'm not wasting my time reeling in small ones. Um, and, and that I know it's probably not going to do me any good. So I'm throwing the same bait or the, those two baits in the same spot yep. and the, just the difference of not having the skirt, uh, was enough to trigger the bite. It's, oh, definitely. It, you know, cold water. Oh, super finicky. Yep. They're right now, terribly yeah. finicky. Super lethargic. And just that, just the smallest profile you can get is yep. it'll just do it. I just got turned on recently to a new, uh, a, a new presentation I've never heard of called the float and fly. You guys heard about yeah. this? Just, just, we just discovered it, and I haven't personally had a chance to get the gear together to do it. Yep. Uh, local local shops got everything. I just haven't put it together. Um, but, yeah, we talked to some other guys from yeah. a, a, a podcast that we listened to also, and they were, you know, we were having a tough time back a couple yeah. months ago finding some fish in some local water. Yep. And um, they recommended that also. They were like, hey, try the float and fly. That's yeah. Probably where it's going to be at. We do uh, we we do the reports for this uh, nationwide multi species tournament from uh, Chronic mm. Trips, and mm-hmm. it's it's a ton of fun. It's so much fun. It's every other month. There's one that starts in, in February, and if you guys have open water, you should jump in on it. But it's a point was, system. You know, I downloaded the app. Oh, I was, you did. I was really thinking. Of, yeah, I was thinking about giving it a try. It, yeah. It's fun. It really is. And like back in October, I was having the worst slump ever, and I was like, I'm done. I'm not going to compete until I get my head straight. And, you know, I've got my confidence back. We're going to learn some things and go at this the right way. But I think that that float and fly for some of the niche species that we have up here might just be a killer to have on hand. You know, while I'm out fishing for bass or, or, or catching pickerel or anything like that for, you know, panfish, crappie. I, I think that could just deliver, you know, and that can get some significant points. I'm sharing way too much information for anybody <laughs> who's going to be mute, in mute, this. Mute, yeah, mute might need to get creative and edit this sucker a little bit, but right. yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm never in the money for that. I consider it a donation, so it's all good. Now, what yeah, about what about I, what about you your know, other other than us some stuff? So oh yeah, that's why you got to look at it. Other than other than the Ned, what are your other confidence baits that you'll go to? My, for me, my mm-hmm. other two uh, would be probably. Another finesse bait, probably a Texas rig, yeah, of some kind. You can't go wrong and with that. No, no, I don't think so. That that's going to be a, a you know spring to probably late summertime yep. thing. Um, and then thirdly, probably would be crankbait. Yeah, I've had some pretty good luck on crankbaits. I've got into you know 
it's easy to go out and buy a bunch of plastic, soft plastics and hooks and stuff because it's cheap. Yep. You know, it's relatively cheap mm-hmm. and try different things. With crankbaits, you know, you're dropping, you know, six, eight, 10, 12 bucks each one. Oh, yeah. You're not going to go out and buy every color of every size of the three and the five and the six and 10 XDs and all those, mm-hmm. you know. So I, you just pick one up here and one up there. And then you get out there and you wonder, is that the right color or the right yeah. size? And so, but. It, it's it's slowly becoming one of my confidence baits, and I'm hoping this year in 2021 for it to at least take second spot. Yeah, to be one of those. And it, I mean, it's a, me. it's a killer search presentation. It's a whole lot easier to search, you know, with something moving like that <laughs> than than you know. I my yeah. I used to I used to just find fish by dragging a jig, and it took me forever. And it was, you know, because I'd find, oh, what was that? What was that? Was that, was that, was that a stump and, or was that, you know, a rock? What, what, what am I feeling here? So, yeah, no, you're absolutely right. What about you, man? What, what are your, your top three? Oh, definitely. Yeah. The, the Ned. Yeah, the Ned. Yeah. As you got as to. I hate to say it. It's, yeah. it's, it's up there. It's always tied on. I always have a rod with a Ned tied on or, uh, currently I've been fishing the, the tiny child rig though. Oh but, yeah. You know, same, same thing. Yep. Um, the tube, man. Tube. I fish a lot of tubes. Okay, very cool. And he's, I, he's deadly with the tube. I, yeah, I do I'll pretty, just tell you, I saw it. <laughs> I do pretty well with those. Um, I've tried with that, but I haven't. I haven't really found my like my niche with it. Um, you know, I haven't really hit gold anywhere with it yet. But yeah, I, I, I I'm a believer. It makes sense. Yeah, fish them a lot. I in uh, more moving waters is mm-hmm. where I I really that's that's where that shines for me. Um, and then third, it would have to be – it'd be between, uh, like you said, a Texas rig or uh, maybe probably a swim bay. I've, and mm-hmm. this, this is probably going to sound <laughs> really ridiculous, but, like, nothing fancy. I know a lot of people, like, love Kitek and, you know, yeah. all that stuff. But, uh, man, those little power bait, like, three-inch swimming shads. Oh, yeah. I, I catch a lot of fish on those. Yeah. So – It'd be between that and uh, and a Texas rig, uh, yep. usually just a worm. I like that that big red worm. The uh, is it the it's the Magnum. The Magnum. Zoom Magnum. Zoom Magnum oh, were those worm. the ten yeah. inch ones? Uh, no, these are the. Uh, it's the Magnum Power. I think it's like six. Inch. Magnum oh, Power. Okay. Yeah, it's, okay. yeah, about six watermelon, inches. Watermelon gotcha. or cherry or something. Yeah, it's like watermelon. Yeah, but they're they're real mm-hmm. fat. You know, real thick. Gotcha. Gotcha. That's awesome. I, you know, it's so, it's so funny too. Like you, you say, like people do, they go crazy for Kitex and they go crazy for specific brands. I, I look at it like this. I've got, there's one piece when it comes to swim baits that I love and it's a, uh, it's a, a tungsten quarter ounce underspin and any, yep. any paddle tail, like just within reason, like, uh, you know, with the, the right color for the situation, any paddle tail. And I just, I'm such a believer in it. It's caught me more fish on the worst days, you know, when I, I, I've just been, you know, where I've had to kind of learn how to like track them down or especially new water. I get to somewhere where I have no idea where I'm at and I'm throwing that thing all over the place. Yeah. I'm wanting to give that a try. I hear you talk about that yeah. often. And the reason why I like it is it's, it's one of the, uh, the screw in type, uh, type hooks uh with the you know with the with the screw on the one side but you can rig it weedless so if you're if you're fishing new water you're a little bit more brave instead of you know like oh i don't want to let it go too deep or get you know right. caught up in the grass or anything because that, that exposed hook will just kill you you know and that's why i've left i've kind of leaned away from throwing like even a swim jig a lot of time because a lot of most of them that i've i've had have had an exposed hook 
you know. Yeah. But yeah, you even just gotta with, even with the uh, brush guard or the weed guard on there. Yeah, it if you hit something, it weed guard. That's about what it's good it's for. About it's what weeds. it's good for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. a limb or a stick or yep. a stump. You're Fish. hung exactly. You no, know, talking about we were talking about uh, Ned heads. Uh, in our experience, we we even tried the the Z Man the weedless Ned heads. Oh, I've tried those with the wire. Yeah, yes. yeah. So and and. We were talking about it the other day, and like in our experience, I think you miss more fish than you connect because connect with because of that that weed mm-hmm. the, the wire weed guard on on that particular. Yeah, net I feel head. like so, I've lost some fish. Like something happened when they clamped down on yep. it or whatever, yeah. and it just caused me to slip because the bat. I mean, love or hate the Ned, the hookup ratio is very high. Yeah, it is. Hard Absolutely. to miss a fish on the net. I've yeah. actually been out there, you know, like on the kayak, and like that's all that's all that I have left, and I pull my pliers out and just start yanking those water cards out. Yeah. No, no, no. Absolutely, it makes sense. There was, I think, I don't know if it was the Z-Man one, but there's one that has one thick wire that just kind of like juts over the the point of the hook, and with that mm-hmm. style, I've always just moved it off to the side a little bit. But the one with the two wires, and actually, reaction, I just bought a bunch of them. They have the the two wires on either side. I find if you just spread them as wide as they can go, you'll get a little bit better of a hookup, I, I think. And they huh. almost seem, they almost seem like enough of the tip of that hook is still exposed where those wires aren't doing a thing up against like a stump or a lay down or anything like that. You're still going to get hung up. It's just, I, I do find, you know, I, I have a lot more confidence throwing something with an exposed hook in a kayak versus when I'm fishing the bank. It's just, I'm yeah. just giving away tungsten. Yeah, you can, at that go, point. You can retrieve it. <laughs> yeah, it's a little yeah. bit easier, you know. <laughs> definitely. Um, let's see. What about this one? Oh, this is this is like a staple jigs and bigs question. Uh, there's a saying that I'm sure you guys have heard before that fishing tackle actually catches more fishermen than it actually catches fish. In your lifetimes, each, what do you think is the most ridiculous trend that's been in the tackle industry? And then the follow up question is: Have you actually used it, and how did it do? Gosh, oh man, ridiculous trend. Uh, well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna base this solely off the fact that I only have a couple. Yep. And I've never, okay. First off, I've never thrown them a lot because um, I didn't have the the right the proper setup for it. I didn't feel like, and um, so I haven't fished it a lot. And I'm sure I'm probably gonna catch some flack from this from some guys I know. <laughs> but the Alabama rig. And oh, I, okay. I say that because it's just so big and it's just, you know, you got to have specialized gear just for that. And I just don't, I don't know. I just don't, I feel like if, if there's fish there, you could probably be better, better served with a spinner bait or yep. just a single swim bait and pitch it in there and make better accurate casts um, <clears throat> and actually fish, not just crank it in and, you know, use your rod for sensitivity and, and, and just fish, you know. Yep. Um, that it, it's not ridiculous to me. Um, I, 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 I could see it having a place and I'm sure tournament fishermen swear by it because it's, you know, probably won them some money sure. at some point or the other. But to me, like, I just, I, that would be like the last thing yeah. I tied on and threw if I was just getting skunked and was like, all right, that I've got to try, I've tried everything else in my tackle box. Why not tie this big? Yep. A monstrosity on and pitch it out there but that's yeah it'd be the a rig for me <laughs> i get i can i can believe it up here there's there's a restriction i forget what it, what 
exactly it is, but you don't find many people throwing it up here. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know why. And I know there's a lot of different adaptations. I've seen a lot of companies doing more like scaled down a rigs where, you know, instead of having like, you know, seven or 10 baits or however many are on there, you'll have more like, like three or four. Mm-hmm. It's kind of interesting. The way I that think, it works. I think Tennessee, if I'm not mistaken, I'd have to look by, you know, at our DNR or our, uh, is wildlife resources i think it's you can have five baits but only three can have live hooks that's yeah. what i think it is up here too it's something like that yeah. i think it's got something to do with three hooks having them you know having so a bait the, on there there again that that takes it back to okay well you've got five potential baits yep and you know only three that could possibly catch the fish yeah like why not just throw a single you know swim bait in there and just try it the you know the tried and true way and oh yeah catch it you catch it. if you don't you don't you know yeah that's some it's something I've never tried. I've got two of them, and I've I've only thrown them a couple times, basically, probably just to say that through try them, them out. Them out. Yeah. yeah, I do that all the time. Although to make I, it worth it that I spent the money. Yeah, <laughs> I, I like doing that. I like you know if I if I get my that's why I like I like, I like stuff like like the dark horse boxes and things because right. it's funny because just this fall was the first time I started messing around with tubes seriously because I figured a way I found a a, a tube. Um, a tube jig that worked to to uh, rig weedless. Yeah, uh, tell me more. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, tell me more. Um, <laughs> it's by the jig is actually by it's from Dark Horse. It's from Blue Rock Custom Tackle, and I forget where they're from, but uh, it's I mean it, it, it's unbelievable. There's like you can rig it a bunch of different ways, and I had to you know I, I tore up a couple pretty good figuring it out, but it's worth it. You know I mean tubes are easy enough to come by. Everybody makes tubes. You can get them super duper cheap, but if you find like the right hook, I'll look up what that what that uh, that jig head was. I'll let you know exactly what it was. Awesome. But I still have a bunch of them, but they're, they're yeah because I've I've tried killer. it so many different ways. And yeah, I've just I haven't had any luck. I've missed more fish. Trying to trying to hook a, a, a tube weedless than I have actually caught. So. Mm-hmm. I've been there. I definitely been there. Uh, let's see. What else do we have here? Oh yeah. So well, no. What's your your uh, uh, most ridiculous tackle trend that you you think you've you've come across? No, I, like when you say ridiculous, the only thing. Why? What are you laughing? At? No, I'm just like, <laughs> the ridiculous. Just like I'm thinking of like the the the, uh, the old. Uh, I'm not sure if it was. Like a Roland Martin or Bill Dance, the little rocket pull. You pull the trigger and the the bait shoots off. Oh, <laughs> yeah, plastic rod. I'm thinking of like Saturday morning cartoons, and you see that, and I'm like, you're trying to sucker some kid into pay, talking his parents into buying this junk or yep. something. You know, yep. that's what I thought when you said ridiculous, and I was like, well, yeah. I've never tried that, so I probably shouldn't mention that. But yeah. the only thing that really comes to mind, and I've, I've never used it, but uh, I've seen like TV commercials of it, and it's like. I don't know if you guys have seen it or not, but it's it's a swim bait, but mm-hmm. it's I, I don't know if it's battery powered or what. So you just like you just throw it out there and it swims around by itself. I don't and I don't know. Maybe it would work good, but yeah, I've yeah. seen I've seen a lot it's of those. Wild man! If there, basically, I'm at the point now, where, and I think there was a mystery tackle box where I had a it was a, some kind of a crankbait that needed a battery, and it had like something. <laughs> You know, uh, something about it. I don't know what the action was that it did or if it lit up or I have no idea, but I didn't even open the thing. I'm just like, nope, that goes in this box. We'll, you know, we'll decorate a Christmas tree with it or something. I don't know. You yeah. know, <laughs> it's just, yeah, no, but if it, if it needs a battery, I'm out. 
Yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. <laughs> I have enough things in my home that need battery. I don't need yeah. anything in my tackle box. Yeah, I don't need a rattle trap that needs a battery or anything like that. Um, <laughs> I'm a huge believer, guys, in that that fishing. You know, e- even if you're doing it competitively, like the the people that are out there with you, kind of make the experience. You know, it's like kind of what it's all about. So if you yeah. could choose three people each, and they can be living or dead, that you would love to fish with, who would they be? Ooh, I don't, um, I would have to say my uncle Bo definitely for sure. He taught, he taught me every, everything that I know. Um, so definitely him, uh, probably, probably Mike Iconelli. Oh yeah. He's crazy. Um, (laughs) I would just like to watch him fish. Really, I think. <laughs> I think the experience alone, like just being a fly on the on the yeah. on the boat, really. Yeah. 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 And definitely, uh, third would have to be Bill Dance. Man. Yeah, for sure. That's awesome. I just saw a video with Debo, and one of his uh, one of his viewers sent him the the um, the Tennessee hat. Uh, yeah. And it's autographed by Bill Dance. And he said That's he, awesome. he had mentioned on on a video that he's you know he's really he'd love to fish with Bill Dance someday you know he's like he it's Bill Dance has been his idol and then he goes I, he was doing an unboxing and he's like yeah he's like he's like I almost burst into tears looking at this thing he's like I can't believe something so rare somebody sent that to me that's crazy yeah you know? he commented on one of our photos on yeah. Slunch Doctor and I was like I was like Brad you got to check this out I was like Bill Dance just commented wait awesome. Bill Dance commented on one of your photos yeah. Yeah, the Holy blue check mark too. <laughs> yeah. He verified. Oh my God. I thought you meant Debo. I was like, oh, yeah, Debo's a great guy. And I'm like, Bill Dance. Holy crap. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, it was crazy. Yeah, that's so, nice. Yeah, I'm actually wearing a Bill Dance t shirt right yeah. now. I don't know if you can see it. It's the bass with yep. the Tennessee hat on. Yeah. yeah. I was, I, when I saw that hat, I was like, you got to be kidding me. So, what about you? What are, what's your top three? Top three. Um, well, I'm pretty sure we saw him last year while we were out fishing one day on one of our local waters. Oh, level guy, and he lives in our area. And um, I'm pretty sure we saw him, um, but we can't swear to it. Uh, probably Ot Defoe. Oh, Ot Defoe's from your area? Oh yeah, yeah. No he kidding. Fishes, we fish the French Broad and the Little Pigeon. He's mm-hmm. up here in his jet boat all the time. No all kidding. the time. He brings his son up here, and, and yep. they, you know, uh, he's got some videos on YouTube where they've been, and you can, as soon as the video fires up, you can see him like, you know, oh, yeah, been there, been that. there. I know where he's putting in at, but yep. um, he'd probably be my number one. He just seems like a super solid guy, yeah, um, and just he's he's a river rat like we are, yeah. I mean, he is he he cut his teeth in the river, and 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 you know, the, I'm sure that skyrocketed him uh, in his career, and. Uh, He's just you can tell watching him fish. You can even look at his his jet boat uh, setup, and, mm-hmm. you know, and it's he's a he's just a diehard river rat guy. If he had his brothers, everything on the tournament circuit would be in a river yeah. somewhere. Yeah, yeah, he'd have he some would current. probably be a, the champion from here for out. But um, second, it'd probably be Bill Dance too. Yeah, I and mean, I grew up watching him. You know, uh, uh, Dad would turn it on, and you know the bloopers. You can't beat those. Yeah, that's my favorite. He, the bloopers are my favorite part. Guy. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, that's that's a work of art right there in itself. 
Was he trying to get grab his that one? I you know he's trying to grab. I think it's like the a battery. battery. Yeah, he's putting the battery in the boat, and he, the guy takes off, and he didn't realize it, and he just dumps it. I think that's a gif. If you search Bill Dance, I think on Instagram, I think that comes up as a gif. It yeah. probably is. I think yeah. so. Yeah. Oh, um, that's good, and man. Thirdly, you know, <laughs> probably my my grandfather, my yeah. my mother's dad. Um, he was. He's he's got mounted, you know, fish. He I remember as a kid he had them all over the wall: trout, yeah. bass, striped bass, um, even some walleye and so things like that. He was into killing fish, is what you're saying? Oh, for sure, yeah. yeah. And but back in the day, I ate many of those fish that <laughs> just, he killed just, too. And I'm, great. Just, yeah. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but back in the day, that's you know that was a lot more commonplace, you know, and it's oh, like, yeah. oh yeah, you know, sure. and it's it's interesting. Uh, I, I actually, so I'm going to follow this up with another question: Where are you guys on catch and release and or or harvesting? Where do you guys like just just fit in? Because this is something that's kind of come up on other podcasts that I listen to, where mm-hmm. where people with like a scientific background have spoken on it and. I've gotten, uh, you know, it, it kind of lines up with where, where I sort of feel pars- personally, you know what I mean? Where are you guys on that? For me? Yeah. And, and, and I'm going to I'm gonna go off of that, uh, that you were just mentioning about listening to the podcast. Just just having some good so- scientific um, knowledge on and, and hearing a, a doctor talk about the way things mm-hmm. are. And basically the way he the, that I understood that he put it was, um, you know, it, it, he's not even sure that if every angler out there kept everything mm. could, could even put a dent in it. Yeah. Um, so it kind of makes me a little less, um, I guess feeling, uh, I would feel a little less guilty yeah. about it. And I told him just what, two days ago, I texted yeah. him. I was like, you know, I think from now on, um, from certain waterways and certain fisheries that we fish, you know, if I pull one out, having, the knowledge now that, you know, if, if the, you let them go and they may not die immediately, yeah. you know, they may swim off for a day or two and then finally die. If you gill hook one or something like that, I'm like, you know, if I gill hook one pretty bad and it's, it's bleeding out, I, I think I might keep it and just it's, harvest it because, yeah. you know, I, I didn't know that before that, yeah. you know, they, they could live that long. I just thought, you know, you put them in the water, they look all right. They don't topside and they swim away. He's You're good, good to go. You know, yeah. So, um, which it's, you know, it's going to be eaten by something in the waterway, so it's not that big a deal. But I always feel terrible about it. But um, I would classify myself as a catch and release guy because I just, yeah, I love the thought of I've caught that seventeen incher here, and next year I might come back and, and catch it might be nineteen. And yeah, yeah. Who knows? Yeah. Right? So I just, I just like leaving, leaving it better than I found it. Yeah. No, I, I, I agree a hundred percent. I'm definitely, definitely catch, catch and release. I've never took a small mouth out of the river and you know, I don't know that I could like, I'm, <laughs> I'm with you. Like when I, when I foul hook a fish and like, it's like bleeding from its gills or what I, I feel legitimately like guilty bad. Yeah. Like, oh my, I can't believe I done that. Just and it's somebody's a dog. lot of times, it, you know, like, <laughs> I'm a firm believer of like getting in your head and yeah. having uh, a terrible day's fishing because I know I know that I do that personally and if Definitely. I get in my head then then the day's done and and something as small as that can ruin my day 
of fishing, but uh, yeah, I I don't know that I could ever take one out of the river unless I just knew that it was yeah. dead and uh, it wasn't gonna live. I hear it's pretty good eating though. <laughs> yeah, small, small mouth. It it's yeah. interesting. I'm gonna go and uh, I haven't quoted this podcast before, but one of the podcasts I like to listen to is uh, by Meat Eater. It's called Bent. Oh yeah, great, great, great fishing podcast. Lots of and and I mean I I kind of like it because those guys are right in my age wheelhouse. Like a lot of the pop culture references that they make, I get right sure. away. So uh, it's you know it's a good show. But there was there was one episode where they went on and they were talking about and and there's a lot of um, harvesting talk. They don't focus on bass a whole lot. They really don't. Like they you know they they go all over the place. Very very broad you know as far as species mm. that they that they kind of focus on. And there was one episode where they had somebody who was giving some feedback about smallmouth and the life cycle. And I guess the spawning, and don't quote me on this 100%, but I'm sure the information's out there. But the spawning is like, it's only like 50% of the population of smallmouth will spawn in any given year. And in and then, then you know, the, the other year that, you know, it's like evens and odds type thing. You have half the population will, mm-hmm. will spawn and then you'll have the other ones. And the growth cycle for those fish it takes so much longer than anything else but then what they followed with were smallmouth recipes that sounded fantastic <laughs> and they said they're like they're like you know while it's one of these things where you want to be responsible about harvesting and even if you do you know you 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 got you you know you gut hook a bass pretty bad and you you have to release it odds are that it's just going to float you know at die and then float to the to the bank are generally pretty slim from what i've understood something is going to make use of that 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 fish you know what i'm saying um you know and and i'm with you guys like hey if you gut hook it like i'd rather i'd rather use it if i can you know i'm not gonna (laughs) take home though a a large mouth or or anything that uh i gut hook in like the middle of july that's i'm just gonna keep telling myself that they're a lot tougher than what people let on i agree with you they're gonna swim away and they're gonna live a long happy life and i'm gonna come back and i'm gonna catch that fish again but you know (laughs) but you make a good point because like how many times have you caught a fish that's just had massive tears around their mouth from hooks and you know they've been caught like numerous times up on our on our story yeah today, me holding that large mouth oh yeah he was it, a battle i don't know if you've seen it but he's he, literally there's like a gap yep. in the lip where it had been hooked so yeah. much and it, it looks probably, like you could almost pull his lip and yeah you could rip it the rest rip of the way the rest, off. yeah, yeah. The job it's on. unbelievable you know I, tough. they they are tough you know they are they are really resilient you know but it's it's just i'm, I'm curious because there is there's so much information out there and there's so much misinformation and then yeah. everybody you know everybody's got their opinions i've always kind of had this standpoint of like really there's legal limits that are set for a reason by the dnrs everywhere that's what they're there for is to ensure that the safe you know the safe population is you know what it is and there's no real wrong answer if you if you catch fish and release every single one awesome if you harvest a few great if you're poaching fish you're an asshole you know it is what it is (laughs) get a license it's always good to get you can always uh, bring that topic up in like a facebook page oh yeah it's always it's a wise idea start a fire and walk away from it Yeah, I don't, you know, see, if I see somebody poaching some smallmouth out oh. of our local rivers oh, here, yeah. there's liable to be some fisticuffs. That's man. what I'm, I'm saying. Like, oh. like, 
I've gone, I've gone, you know, or, or you just see, there was, there was one time I was fishing a local pond and this is a spot where they stock it with trout and I show up and there are what we would refer to, like you, you'd call them peckerheads. We call them nibblers. And they're anything from like an eight to an, an eight to like an 11, 12 inch bass, something like that. We call them nibblers. And there must've been 30 of them floating right by the ramp. I couldn't believe it. I'm like, you've got to be kidding. I was like, is this fish kill? What the hell's going on here? And I'm like, why on earth? I'm assuming somebody was out there and like had like a a makeshift live well and they didn't make it. And they're like, oh, oh, well, and they just dumped them. Like, that's just the worst kind of like that. What kind Uh, of a sportsman is that? That sucks. But that's 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 not good. No regard for. Yeah. You know, and even like, you know, there's houses that go around there. It's like, let's be honest, even at the most like selfish way of looking at it. If I'm out, you know, making dinner on the grill in the backyard, I don't want to smell a bunch of rotting fish by the launch that I happen to live by. Come on. That's not even cool. You know, so let's let's get back on track anyway, guys. But that was that was I'm kind of glad I've been meaning to bring that up with somebody and get some input on it. Um Let's talk about when you're when you're getting ready to go out on the water, spend a day out there. Uh, whether you're listening on the boat or you're you're listening in the car on the ride there, what is it you're listening to as far as like music or podcasts or whatever to kind of get yourself hyped up? Uh, for me, yeah. Uh, if I'm on on my way there, I usually do have some kind of a, a fishing podcast going. Uh, whether it be yours or um, a local, kind of a local guy for us, like Alex yep. Rudd. He, you know, he fishes a lot of the same waters we do. So mm-hmm. I might be trying to find an episode before I leave as I'm, you know, getting ready to back out of the driveway. It's something similar to what I'm going to be fishing that day. And be like, yep. All right, maybe he's got some good information in there that I missed that I can use today. Yeah. Just stuff like that. Once I get out there on the water, I always got my AirPods in and got my phone. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to put some rock music or some, you know, some old country or yep. something mellow on and I get out there and I start fishing and that's the last thing that I want to do is listen to music while but you're fishing. Like, yeah. Cause I'm like, focus, focus, focus. Like, yep. all right. You know, I got to get here. got to do that. I got to do this. And I, I just never turn it on Yeah, um, for whatever reason. Yeah. So for- speaking of that and you being focused, I, I was, uh, I, you were, you were talking about leaving your, your AirPods behind, I believe in one yep. of your podcasts and not even listening to music. And when I heard that, I was like, because I always take one AirPod, you know, and keep it in and, and listen to some music. And I was like, you know, maybe he's on to something here. So the last time that we were out, I left him behind. And of course, we didn't catch any fish that day. It yeah. was, that was yeah, just it was a awful. miserable we trip. We've never been on the river. <laughs> but uh, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna try that more more often this year, and, and you know, see if just you know focusing in on uh, on what I'm doing, and you know taking everything in really. Cause that's what it's all about is just being out there you yeah. know, and enjoying your time. But, um, I forgot where, where <laughs> I forgot where we were at. What were we talking about? <laughs> no, what about anything on the way? Yeah. Like, when, yeah, when you get there, yeah. what hypes so, you up? Um, I'm a country guy. All right. I like, like country music. Um, there's, uh, I you probably never heard of him, but Dylan Carmichael, he has this song, uh, 99 problems. 99 problems catching fish ain't one and man i can turn that <laughs> oh i got all it. the way up and that really gets me that gets me fired up i'm gonna look that up fish. man i'm gonna look that up and put that on my playlist because we're, we're we're about to start doing a lot of jigs and bigs appearances uh at uh, uh the the massachusetts kbf trail 
mm-hmm. tournaments, you know, because we're we're Sean the Fisherman's managing the western part of the state now for for that, which is freaking amazing like unbelievably happy for him so he's got that going on and i'm trying to come up with a good playlist of like fishing theme songs that kind of bounce genres you know when we're doing because we're talking about doing some like you know like after the event kind of having like once covid stuff is done we want to start organizing like just meetups afterwards where people can kind of like hang out grab some pizza or whatever and do this kind of like build a community really is kind of the goal even after the tournament so i i definitely want to put a playlist together of stuff like that i do have some music too i can't remember uh who the artist is but uh you know they they take like old uh rap beats and some some new oh yeah they just kind of kind of remix and it's all about fishing yeah like parodium i think fat cat newton is uh, one that does that a lot what's the one it's like that easy e song it's like cruising down the river in my bass boat oh uh, checking (laughs) the screen watching my low you know I gotta check that out, man. That's freaking good shit. So, wait, you guys are in are in Eastern Tennessee. Totally off fishing topic. Um, there's a musician for how close to Chattanooga are you guys? Uh, about an hour and a half. Yeah. Hours. All right. So, like within reason. There, oh, yeah. I'm. I'm just curious if you've uh, ever ever heard of this guy. Um, I used to book a lot of like like I guess I call them like muddy roots style shows, like punk blues and like kind of like a riff off of Americana, but there's a guy I used to book every time he'd come up to New England. He was from, he was, he was from uh, Chattanooga. His name's Husky Burnett. You guys ever hear him? Um, not, not familiar <laughs> just with curious. that. No. <laughs> just curious. <laughs> I'll probably cut this out, but I'm just curious. Cause I'm like, I, you know, I mean, he would draw people all, almost anywhere he went and the guy was unbelievable, but he did a song with uh shooter jennings and i forget who else yeah everybody and i was like but i mean it's absolutely out of of this world this 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 stuff but i was just curious i'll check him out yeah i listen to a lot of his stuff but like when i'm when i'm heading to the heading to the water it's you never know what you're gonna get with me sometimes i want to hear like you know something super technical and like instrumental other times i'm listening to like miley cyrus and it's (laughs) it is and that's not an exaggeration it's ridiculous girl you know yeah, so father of two daughters it comes with a lot of, when i turn music on and like it jumps from like bluegrass to like yep. screaming heavy metal yep. you're like what are you doing with your life and i just <laughs> i enjoy music i love it all yeah. shapes and forms so exactly let's talk about as far as goals for fishing like where would you guys like to see yourself in the next five to ten years is there anything that you want to uh, you know do with either either the social media end of it is there like a, a certain goal that you're working toward like wh- what is it that you're looking to be where, where are you looking to be in that time frame um as far as the social media part of it uh, obviously you know we want to grow and grow yeah grow our little house brand and and we just enjoy posting some of our silly shit and fishing pictures and you know getting feedback from uh guys that you know share the same passion we do and um you know i don't really have any aspirations of it you know being something just astronomical yeah i'm having fun with it right now and it is what it is and uh if it grows into something more great um you know, we're still going to have fun with it regardless of yeah. what, you know, we had fun with it the day we started it and, and we're going to continue that, pa- you know, that pattern. Yeah. So uh, that's kind of where I'm on As far as me personally, goals like, you know, fishing and things like that, just always learn new techniques and um, just getting better at, at being able to be consistent. 
I think that's the name uh, that, of the game. That's the thing I struggle with more than anything is consistency. You know, you have a, a killer day out on the water, yep. and it pumps you up, and you're like, yeah, I got it figured out. And then you go back two days later with the exact same conditions, yep. and it's nothing. You and come back like, tail between your legs, yeah. Yeah, every mm-hmm. time. You know, it, it keeps you humble, yeah. and, and you realize that, you know, these, uh, these creatures – they may not be smarter than us, but in ways they're smarter than us. Uh, yeah. Who was it that said that they're just a bunch of dumb fish? Yeah, that, that? Uh, Gerald Swindle on one of the <laughs> like the Bash U uh, uh, seminars or something on yep. YouTube. He was like, "Don't give them so much credit. They're just a bunch of dumb fish." And that's right. It's sense. true. But <laughs> sometimes if they were we're that just dumb. We would have figured this out yeah. long ago. Yeah. You know? Sometimes yeah, we're the ones that are just dumber you know it's like yeah well and i think that's we get in our own heads like yep. you were oh, yeah. saying earlier we, we get in our own heads and we 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 think oh yeah it's got to be this way because this x y and z condition or you know this way and textbook this is what should be and it may not be yeah yeah you got to start do, you know thinking out of the box there is that category of what they call junk fishing for a reason yeah you know yeah. There, there really is sometimes that's what it takes Man, that's freaking. Uh, for, for me, I guess it, as far as like social media, I you know I really want to I want to bust that thousand followers mark. That's you yeah. Know, that's like that's I want to I want to do that, and I want to I do want to get some stuff together and maybe throw up on the page. Like we were talking about, maybe like so just some koozies, something little, you know, yeah. start with see if see if people are interested in something like that. But first and foremost, I want to bust that thousand that thousand followers mark yep. and then and then grow from there you know and it, like he said it's it's all for fun you know yeah. we're gonna fish regardless if we didn't have that instagram page and yep. had zero followers we'd still be doing the same thing that we're yep. doing because that's you know that's just who we are and that's what we love yep you know what i love about the social media side of it is it's it's like you know it's one thing to have x amount of followers it's one thing to be able to post something and get some engagement back and forth but the best part is that that community you know, the people mm. that you connect with, like, I love visiting somebody's page and I'll look at it and it says, you know, oh, well, they follow so-and-so or so-and-so follows them as well. And there's this sort of like, you get this link up of people together and, and you know, it's just the community is amazing. It's the best part. And and when, you know, good people get together, we have this, this or I don't even want to say it like an organization, but it's basically a Facebook page right now. And uh, this, this page, they're called Ma- Make Massachusetts Fishing Spots Great Again. And they have cleaned up more trash out of some of the worst fishing spots in this area like they're just and it's that's what it is it's just a community of anglers that connected on facebook and they started putting this stuff together and they've been doing amazing amazing things like along the connecticut river there's like it's it's destroyed like they're pulling needles out and stuff like they're not not messing around they're getting there i mean and actually one of the one of the main organizers, he should be on the show within the next few weeks, I'm hoping, and, and we're going to talk a little bit more about that. But, like, you get local pockets of people that just they care about those local waterways, mm-hmm. and they do amazing stuff, or you get people that will get together and do a fundraising effort for somebody who needs a helping hand. It's, like, it's a great community, you know? And then when you can make that even larger on a on a larger regional or even a national level, it's it's freaking amazing. So 1,000 yeah. followers is an awesome goal. It's a great spot. Yeah. Personal yeah. goal for me would have to be uh... – that we have this this tournament here every year. It's uh, Smallmouth Kings. It's on the Little Pigeon River that we fish. And, oh, uh, nice. He he did. Well, he finished. It was second mm-hmm. this year, right? Oh, and, really? Man, oh, I just nice. I I was in my head. Those two. It's two day tournament. I was in my head, and I just did not do well at all. I was catching fish 
awesome. You know, the, the week, week before, before the week yeah. before I was just killing it. And then, you know, I went into it strong minded and then I don't know what happened. I just, yeah. I basically laid a big dud. So I want to finish well in that. Yep. And, uh, yeah, I'd, I'd like to win it is what I would like to do. Cause <laughs> that's some, uh, last year was a, it's a pretty big name guy, uh, local guy around here that fishes a lot of tournaments and up and coming guy. And he won it and Brad nearly beat him. It was, uh, it was, nice. it was, definitely, it was close. So I, I would like to, you know, I just want to get better, man. I want to get better. And that's kind of how place in that tournament. Yeah. That's kind of how I feel about it. Like it's all you want to do is just grow, you know, like mm-hmm. learn, be, be the, the most versatile you can. And, you know, it, really, I think we, you're winning is to put it in your, your own words, like be in a position where you can prevent yourself from getting in your own head. You know, and just know that you've got, you know, so this isn't working. This is what we're going to try now. I got a feeling about this or have enough experience to draw on. Like, it's it's amazing. Have either of you traveled either independently or together? Have you guys traveled to fish anywhere specifically? Not yet. Well, we went to we we used to go to like Cherokee, North Carolina to do like yep. some trout fishing trips. We yep. would uh, we'd go do that. But we're currently we yep. we're planning a trip this summer, uh, probably to the Susquehanna. We're going to. Oh, nice. Hopefully go down there and catch some big smallmouth. Very cool. That's what we're, you know, our, our big thing is trying to get on the road and, and get out there as much as we can. And COVID has kind of sucked for that. As a, as a really good follow-up question, though, to that, what is, like, your big, oh, anywhere in the world, what's that, like, bucket list spot that you want to fish? Uh, for me, not necessarily uh, smallmouth um, fishing waters, I would like to go somewhere down like toward Mexico, uh, South Texas and something like that and fish and catch some of those um, species that, you know, you don't see very often, uh, things like that, or go up to Canada. Yeah. If I, you know, if I was wanting to target some smallmouth to those yep. provincial waters in Canada and get on some of those up there, they, yeah. they say those, uh, those make ours look like minnows down here. So uh, definitely, you know, they they say they say those are tw- you don't count anything that's below twenty inches up there. That which, which would, that's amazing. that blows my that's mind. Amazing. I mean, yeah. <laughs> what? Wait, yeah. what? <laughs> so uh, that would be uh, bucket list for yeah. sure. Footballs, no. man. I dream about football smallmouth. I yeah. wonder, like like Erie or you know somewhere like that, like out of the Great Lakes. I don't. I want to. I want to catch like a six pound small like. They just don't even – the fish, it doesn't even look like – they get so big and football-like that it's like – They look like mutants when they get that size. Yeah, it's, it's not, like, like, it's not even is a that fish. thing? Yeah. You know, I want to I catch something like that. Yeah, that's how I am with Lake Champlain. That's And it's, it's, I'm only about like five hours away. Like it's not even that far. So And this fall I should be – or late summer anyway, I should be able to get up there for one of the EKF events, the championship actually uh, – I probably won't be competing in it. <laughs> I know I won't be competing in it. This it's also my birthday weekend, so I'm going to be a, a mess while I'm up there. But uh, I'm planning on on heading up there and covering the event and taking my dad up with me, who's fished. He's fished Champlain. I don't even know how long. And oh, that'll be fun. Yeah, it's going to be really good, really, really good. And he's he's not much of a of a, a smally uh, angler at all. He's he's usually goes up up to Champlain for pike. But uh, yeah, I mean both. Killer species, great waterway, 
And it's 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 so cool when when I finally hear people say stuff like about species that are like like just massive and, and a target up north. You know, yeah. everybody wants to go to Florida and catch peacocks. Everybody, everybody wants yeah. to go and catch. You know, go to Mexico and catch these. You know, twelve and fifteen pounders like nothing. And yeah, yeah could you imagine yeah. reeling in a fifteen pound yeah. large? Mouth? I would like to imagine. Yeah. But Holy <laughs> smokes! I'm just uh, like when they at that point you're pulling them out of the water and their eyes are just like hanging out of their head. They're just bulging. You're like. Yeah. yeah, just monsters. Uh, let's see. Oh, so when you guys go out on the water, generally, what are you guys bringing for combos? Like, and how does it differ when you're out on the kayaks or if you're out in a boat or the bank? Uh, for me, on the kayak, well, kayak and bank. Mm-hmm. Typically, I'm going to bring probably two bait casters um, and definitely at least two spinners, um, just because. I find myself throwing a finesse bait and I want to have the ability to, if things are bad and, and it's just not working out with power fishing, uh, have the ability to switch over to finesse and not have to retie so many times. Yeah. Um, and so I bring at least two spinners on there and nine times out of 10, I've got the spinner in my hand more than I plan on yeah. when I am driving to the, to said fishing spot. But Hey, you know what? It, the day dictates what you're going to use most of the time, so it's true. Got to roll with it. You're kind of a gear snob, like you have, <laughs> and you have uh, so much. Like, and I always said that I would never, never be like that. Um, it's contagious, but, though. Man, <laughs> it's ha- it's happening, and I'm buying more rods and reels. Yep. Uh, this year, it's gonna be it's gonna be two bait casters. I'm gonna take two bait casters and probably one spinning. Uh, I'm I'm like to bring three with me. Yep. A nice finesse, uh, probably be a Ned tied on on my spinning rig. Uh, and then I got that Corrado K that I was telling you about. Uh, that's going to be like, you know, swim baits and stuff like that, you know, moving baits. And yep. then I have another uh, uh, Johnny, Johnny Morris with a, a Revo SX, I believe, on it. And I'm going to keep that as kind of like my topwater, my topwater rig. There you go. Man, I love that. I actually, I was listening to one of your podcasts. Uh, I can't remember the lady's name. Uh, maybe it was, the, I think it was the blonde angler, maybe. Oh, oh yeah, Andrea. Yep. And, and uh, she was talking about the uh, the the weight bait. Uh, oh, yes. Gosh, I just bought it. The depths. The depths. Yes, the depths weight bait. It was in depths weight buzz jet buzz jet. Yep. So I heard her talk about that, and I was like, "Man, that sounds awesome!" So yeah. I actually just purchased one of those the other day. And I don't know if you've ever looked at them, but I got one, and man, I tell you what—that's a high quality looking bait right there. So I'm super oh, yeah. stoked to throw that thing, and hopefully, hopefully catch some fish on it this year. Yeah, I am. That's that's one type of fishing I am definitely getting more and more interested in is topwater. Like I, th- this last year, I finally built enough confidence in my frog technique. So I hooked up on a, on a handful of fish, fishing a frog. I generally try to stay out of the weeds for for mo- most of the time, but there's somebody's water I go to. You just have to do it. And then also getting into that, I started to get more confidence in throwing, you know, buzz baits as well as started throwing um, the, my, my new, like my favorite, my, my favorite top water right now is a Zara Spook. I, I love it. I love it. I just love that like Z formation action. It's just, it's fun, you know, and, and the blow ups are just absolutely insane. But yeah, top water is, is definitely something that I've got, you know, yeah. 
And that's that's kind of very similar the way I set mine up. I, I bring generally in the kayak or on the bank, I bring four rods. I've got like six that I choose from. Um, this year, I'll probably be bringing five. Uh, what I, I usually have two spinning combos. One will have a drop shot. One will have a Ned. And then I'll have a rod that's for a jig, a rod for cranking, and then a top water. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I guess I'm kind of like uh, bottom, mid, top, I guess is kind of where, I, I think, you where know, I'm at. You got to, yeah, as long as you can cover the column, it's like, it's all good. And, yeah. you know, you choose your gear the right way. And that's what I'm trying to do now is, is get gear where I've got plenty of options where I can throw multiple things on different stuff, but also like throwing a jig like that's that's why this this show got its name is i'm always follow with the jig every time one of the the last baits i got turned on to this year that is produced huge for me is from spro the bbz rat oh yeah oh my god it'll catch everything and i fish (laughs) a big one i fish the 40 i think it goes up to the 50 it will catch everything i have caught dinks on this and i've caught i've caught my was my PB? No, I tied my PB at nineteen point seven five on this, and it just it. it <laughs> That's no- crazy. See, to me, that would be another one of those baits you like, would you think would throw in that ridiculous, ridiculous <laughs> thing like yeah, a, a rat. I was. It was what? Todd Grubb. Todd Grubb was telling me about it. He's like, dude. He's like, it is. It has performed unbelievably well for me. I was like, I'm gonna give it a go. And it's not, you know, it's you look at it and it and it's. It, I guess it qualifies. I guess they call it a swim bait. It's basically a, a jointed wake bait because it does. Mm. It just sits just under the surface, and it is just you just crawl that sucker and it has this loud knock to it and it calls them up and it's so heavy. Like I've thrown this toward you know beaver huts and I've had it. Get just annihilated on the drop. It'll just hit the water. But the reason why I bring that up is that I always, if I've got that rod, if I'm sitting on the kayak and I'm throwing that that BBZ rat, I have another seven six heavy with twenty pound fluoro from my jig combo, and I've I've actually had uh, blow ups where I've missed it with the rat. I burn that rat back in. I follow with a jig. Boom! Almost in. every time. Yep. It's mm. yeah. It's just because it's it's that change. Of, and also, there's like confidence. You know, you're like, oh, there was something big there that I, I messed up. You know, I I either yeah. set the hook too early or he didn't have a good get back know, in there quick. Yeah, yeah. I'm just gonna throw this sucker in there or like a, a weightless senko if I need to. That'll be you know to follow with that way. So that's why like that's another thing. Jigs. I don't. I've never. Oh. I've never caught a fish on a jig. I have a ton of them. And I, I plan to fish those a lot more this year, too. It's, so. it's probably my favorite. Like, it, yeah. given, like, something that I just really love. Like, I love everything about jigs. I love making them. I love throwing them. I love, you know, they don't catch a ton of fish, but the fish that they catch are generally larger. Big. So yeah. that, like, and that's what, once I can find them on anything, I'm going to generally go to a jig to try to find the big ones. I just have a ded- dedicated enough time you know that's to that, right. yeah to that bait to to produce fish with and that's that's a lot of things in my <laughs> tackle box like if i find i'm that it's guy like that yeah. rig, man if i'm catching fish on it why yeah. switch it up why you go why yeah. you want to change to something else you know that's exactly it that's exactly it you know it's like you just gotta you know you can i mean i've caught i've caught four pounders on on little tiny neds you know when i've spent the entire mm-hmm. day catching nibblers and mm-hmm. you know it's like this, you can catch fish on anything, you know. It's it really yeah. it doesn't. So do matter. you usually when you when you're fishing the net rig? Do you usually yep. fish the 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 smaller uh, 
TRD. Yeah, like, like the, the TRD. TRD. Yep, I'm usually yeah. throwing like a rattling Ned or uh, or a TRD. I, I really like the, I really like those on a TCR because they float so much. So they kind of yeah. do that reverse. Well, though the back end of it will pop right up, and you can just kind of pull that weight along the bottom. But yeah, I'm generally fishing as small a plastic as I can. Um, the only kind of funky shape that I like, Z-Man does these things. I think they're called hula sticks. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, and they have like four little fingers that come off the end, and it's just enough. And actually, I really like to drop shot with that too. And the yeah. Sakoshi I mean, bug, you guys shared a picture with the Sakoshi yeah, bug on the I got my my wife actually got me for Christmas a, a subscription to the uh, the Carl's um, boxes there, yep. and or the mystery tackle, and uh, I got some of those Sakoshi bugs. They're so good. Looking, yeah, I, I didn't know, I didn't realize that those were made out of the very similar plastic. Yep. Uh, compound that the z-man is you know it's really tough and durable and you know you can catch 20 fish on one plastic oh they'll last you Um, all day long you know some of those other plastics that you know the older plastics and and there's a lot of them that still make them that way that you know you get one one or two good hook sets and you just never get it to stay on your keeper the way you want it and it's best just to pitch it and put a new one on you know you go through them a lot faster that way um but yeah, those Sakoshi bugs. I could see those being some smallmouth candy yeah, here. Like another one that I like. I can't remember the name of. It. I don't know that you've ever fished it much, but it's it's a Z man. It's a uh, it's it's like the small TRD, but it has the little legs on it. Well, it's like the the ones that he was talking about. The hula stick. They make a smaller one in the TRD. You talking about the tickler? No, not the tickler. It, this looks more like a bug. Like it has like oh the little hogs. Legs. Uh, Hogs, the hogs, the TRD yeah. hogs, hogs, yeah. Oh. I've caught some fish on that right there. I, the green pumpkin, yes, green pumpkin, black and blue. I'll buy a pack each, and they'll last. They'll last forever. Just last night, actually, after I finished up recording that that interview, I was going through my you know tackle, and I was organizing organizing soft plastics. And I pull out a Z-Man bag, and what I like to do is whatever I have that's a similar shape, I put them all in one bag. So I might have yeah. forty plastics that are different colors, but they're all the same shape. And the TRD hogs, and yeah, I squeeze like a little schoolgirl, it was ridiculous <laughs> i'm like yes these are the they're, they're great same thing like i'll drop shot with those and i, I will I'll also use them on neds and they're amazing on a net oh, you drop shot with that i'll drop shot with those yeah i just wow. so do you nose hook it when you drop shot or are you with us hooking it with those depends on how i'm doing it if i'm if i'm like in an area where there's a ton of grass what i'll mm. actually use is a really small like a, a one um straight shanked uh traditional worm offset worm hook okay and i'll tie that on and then i'll put one of those because i can rig it a little bit more weedless and they just get destroyed that way uh if i'm doing a traditional like a like a mosquito hook or something like that like Mm -hmm. a finesse hook then i'll nose hook it and what's great is it gets all sorts of motion but those little antennae yeah they just you can just dead stick that sucker and that's what's so cool you can i'll I'll throw a drop shot and let it sit while i'm working you know an underspin or 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 a crank or something like that something that's moving and i'll just watch that rod and and sometimes just letting it letting it hang out in one spot that you know is hot will get them to bite well i will say those hogs the only thing that i don't like about that bait is it doesn't skip well like if you just have like a you know like a little trd worm you can Especially like in the river around here, you know, like with all the overhangs and stuff, you really got to skip that stuff, you know, your bait up, yeah. you know, get it way back up there against the bank, you know, and, definitely and work it under some stuff. And and those things, I don't, I don't know, maybe if it's just not as heavy, you think that's what maybe it is? That or maybe just the appendages hanging off the sides, maybe just catch more water. That's what I'm it, thinking. They might, roll. yeah, they might break it just doesn't that skip surface as well, tension. But yeah. 
Yeah. I, I produced it. I went out fishing with, who was it? It was Damien, the owner of Stretching Line Angler's Gear. And if you guys are, are looking for, like, you know, non-typical soft plastics, like, you know, unique stuff, he's got a great company for this stuff. But he's always, uh, we had gone out on his boat one day, and he was uh, skipping a, a, a wacky rig, one of his stick baits. And I have never seen anybody with this kind of ability. I'm just like, how do you possibly do that? And I was fishing a jig. I'm like, I'm going to give it a go. Terrible idea. Don't. <laughs> don't. I can see the bird's nest now. Yeah. <laughs> it was. It was awful. I was picking out that 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 uh, that backlash for way too long, and it was just not worth it. Um, oh, that's the but, worst. Yeah. I'm like. I'm like. I don't know if it's you know because I'm, I'm my jig rod is is a big. It's a pool cue. You know, and I don't know if that was the issue. Like, it's a three-eighths jig, but I, I, I know you can skip jigs. I just, I, I don't have the technique, so. I actually picked up a a reel during the summer just because I wanted to learn how to skip jigs. Yeah. And I tried it on some of the ones that I had already, <laughs> and it didn't end well yeah. at all. It was terrible. Someday. Uh, Someday. Most of it was technique that I hadn't polished enough. Yep. Um, but I picked up a... Uh, Going back to his, he was mentioning the Corrado K. I, I, I wanted a JDM reel, like I wanted to, oh, yeah. know, to get a, a Japanese domestic market reel and just try one. And so I did some Google research and some searching, and actually found a, a good deal on some and ordered. It's basically the Corrado DC, but it's the JDM version, it's oh, the Scorpion okay. DC. Yep. And so I bought that thing and uh, I thought, well, I'm going to learn how to skip with this, you know? So it's been great. Yeah. Like really? It turned me from not being, I was in my driveway on my paved driveway, uh, practicing with some old trash jigs that yep. were, you know, the skirts were dry rotted and peeling off. Just, I just needed the lead heads all I needed. Yeah. The weight and trying to pitch it and skip it. And literally one evening of practicing with that reel, I've got, proficient enough to where i felt comfortable going out on the big boat to the lake and, and working it some docks yeah and yeah. it's it works great it's got the a little different um chip in it than the corrado dc gotcha i think they've got the dc the the i4 uh, the mm-hmm. scorpions has the i5 I'm, I'm not sure what the difference really is i know it has a couple more settings um to choose from and man, that thing is awesome. I call I it the skip. spaceship. Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. As a, yeah. I haven't fooled around with any of the DC reels, and I'm thinking about it. I was actually thinking about putting um, an SLX DC, mm-hmm. but uh, you know, you make a really good point. That would be something good to swap out with my Concept A2. So I got other yeah. places I could put that Concept A2. What, what do you think about the Concept? <laughs> I, I've always saw them and, and looked at them and picked them up, and was like, well. Uh, I just don't know enough about that to if, make if, that big of a purchase on something. You yeah, they go to Shimano or Dow or something like that. Yep, I'll t- I I think it holds up to the Corrado line. Great, I think they're almost. I'll say this: this I do think that the Corrado is a little bit more user friendly because uh, you know the braking system with the the Corrado lines uh, or, or a lot of the Shimano stuff. It, you'll you'll adjust the brakes internally, close that cap, and then. There is uh, a, an adjustment, a more or less adjustment that you can adjust. That comes in really handy. The A2 does not have that. And it, it, its braking system leans really, really, really loose. So right now, I have my brakes maxed up all the way on the A2. 
and I have no problems with it whatsoever. I generally throw on this rod, I generally throw jigs that are between um, three eighths and half an ounce. So it's not a huge, huge span of, of different lures that it sees on there. So it's really, really consistent with that. And I've got very, very few issues with that whatsoever. But there's a lot of other people that I know that they really want that adjustment to be able to tweak on the fly. On the fly. Yes, yeah. and be able to make adjustments as you go. And with that, it just doesn't work for that type of type of person. But I think if you're going from a Corrado to that and you've got some proficiency with bait casters, I think the A2 will definitely hold up. Nice. Yeah, nice. It's, a, it's a solid, solid reel. But, I mean, like... The Corrado's just sexy as hell. It looks great. You know oh, what man, I mean? Man. When I, when I took that thing out of the box, oh. I was like, it was like like heaven shine down. It's like lots on it. I was like, yeah. oh man. What's funny is that for me, both those reels, the A2 and the 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 Corrado that I bought, they were both the first time I'd ever used an eight-speed reel. Boom, like mind-blowing. I couldn't believe the difference, like especially with with uh, uh buzz baits. You know, it it just it was it was so nice to not have to like basically run and just crank as fast as humanly possible. Like so much more control, and you're yeah. able to kind of like you know guide that bait into different pockets where you want it. Like to to follow a weed edge, it's just it's really nice. You can do so much more with it because you're not wrestling with the crank to get it to move along. So. You know, it's nice. unbelievable. Let's talk. Uh, I love this question. This is always, always, always really interesting. So imagine like I'm giving each of you guys like Jigs and Bigs corporate credit cards. All right. <laughs> the challenge is this. You each go to an unnamed pond. All right. It's got a little bit of everything going on there. There's a little bit of grass. There's some rocks. There's some wood. There's some lily pads. But it's not all choked up with weeds. Um, the The... Weather is kind of mild, partly cloudy, light wind. Uh, you can build, you can use either a rod from your, your arsenal or you can build anything custom that you want. What would you use for a rod and reel combo and what are you spooling up on it? What's your intention to throw? I'm not sure how your pawns are there. I'm assuming they're similar to ours. Depth probably six, maybe eight feet tops. Is that where we're going with that? Um, yeah, I would say so. Okay. Yeah, that um, that that's about or we have some really shallow ponds and then we've got some, you know, that are pretty deep, you know, acre, yep. two acre ponds around this area that we fish. And um I'm probably going I'm probably gonna steal yours, I'd say. <laughs> I think you're probably. <laughs> <laughs> I'm probably going seven foot medium. Uh okay. twenty five hundred or three thousand series spinning reel. Yep. Uh, probably with some 12 pound braid to six to eight pound leader. Yep. With maybe a weightless uh, worm. Okay. Yeah. Or, uh, or Cinco type, or maybe it depends on what the bottom composition is. Yeah. You know, if it, it's, if it's a lot of rocks, probably going something with a, like a bullet weight. Uh, maybe a tungsten weight or something to get that good click on the bottom of the rocks. Mm -hmm. um, that's probably where I'm going to, that's probably where I'm going to fish that in mainly early morning. Um, just get those bass that are feeding early and they're out um, trying to get fed up for the day. Yep. Um. Yeah. So since you said that, I guess I, you know, I'm going to keep it pretty simple here. I would probably, probably a whopper plopper, man. I just tie on a yeah. whopper plopper. Uh, on my, I got that, uh, the Johnny, it's a Johnny Morris, uh, 2.0 with, uh, Abu, 
uh, SX. I think it's uh, maybe a six six two. I think yep. is is what's on that reel. And uh, I think I think I run. I don't know if it's twenty. I don't know what pound braid I have on it, but I usually run uh, just some just a mono leader yep. is usually what I run on it. And uh, I think it's the is it the seventy five or is it ninety? I, don't, I can't remember seventy five or ninety. Seventy five. That's probably what you would I, use for a pond. Yeah, and I have uh, man. I know everybody likes the bone color. I personally, I don't own one, but I yeah. have uh, I have the white. I can't remember what the name of it is. It's white and has like some chartreuse on it. Oh yeah, and uh, I I do pretty well with that on ponds. And you know, you just cut you cover a lot of water quickly with that. So, oh yeah, yeah, so I really like that. No, that yeah, sounds if there's awesome. Fish in there in that pond, and you throw the plopper. Yeah, you're gonna find them. Yeah, especially just pristine steel water. And you're the only person that's probably been there in a couple of days. Yep. And you bust a plopper in yeah, there. Yeah. You better be ready. Right, it's yeah. going down. Early morning, late <laughs> evening. Yeah. That's a, that's exactly what you want. It's I think it's always always interesting because when you when you tell somebody you have like a one one reel one one rod challenge, when the gears kind of start turning, you're always going to get some people that are like, oh, I'm going to throw a seven foot medium heavy bait caster with this, and I'm going to throw a spinner bait, or I'm going to throw mm. what have you. There's there's and and that makes a lot of sense because that will work for a lot of different things. But I'm always interested to see when people take it in different directions. Like I would throw, I would throw a spinning combo. Because I, I like I have one that I use that I have um, uh, what a, a three thousand series reel uh, with thirty pound braid. I'll tie like a twelve pound fluoro uh, leader on there, and I'll, I will throw like ninety percent of what I have. You know, I can throw a three eighths ounce jig and catch fish with it. I can throw a Ned rig. I can drop shot with it. Is it the the best for those situations? Not really. You know, uh, I'd rather use, especially if I'm in a kayak, I'd rather use those big pool cue, uh, you know, rods for jigging and stuff, but they definitely, definitely do the job, you know, but everybody's yeah. got their own sort of thing. Oh, yeah. I, yeah. I Second love to that. that would probably be those, the swim baits that I was, that I, yeah. that I like so much. It's those little power bait yep. swim baits. I'd, you know, I'd throw that probably just on, on a spinning reel, probably, you know, yeah. uh, mm-hmm. and just work, work the, the bank line with it and. That usually produces well. Oh, definitely. So here we are. We got uh, our, this is like the big question. I need two stories from each of you guys. All right. I need first story is the one that like you're most proud of. Maybe it was something that, you know, was, uh, you know, maybe it was a PB. Maybe it was a tournament, you know, something, something you accomplished. Maybe it was a goal you set. Maybe it was a day where like something went like horribly wrong and you were able to like help out or like, you know, you know, come out, you know, with everything okay on the other end. But I need that story. And then on the follow up of that, I need like the funny, or I'm sorry, not the funniest. I need the biggest like epic fishing fail. Uh, this okay. one. Can I start here? Yeah, yeah. You go ahead. <laughs> okay. So starting off, uh, the best, like, yep. The best was uh, last year. I guess it was uh, probably early March, and uh, I was just I was working this this craw real slow, and man, I caught my I caught my personal best smallmouth. Uh, I'm still chasing that guy. I didn't. Wasn't able to to measure it or uh, or weigh it or anything because I didn't. We didn't have we. You know, it was a quick trip out. We're just fishing for a couple hours, but uh, and it was actually a super easy catch. The fish ran right at me. We were just bank fishing, and it ran right at me. And and 
it all happened so fast, but man, the fish was huge. Just a big old, big old small mouth. I'd say it was every bit of 20 inches. Yeah. Uh, it, was, it was a 20 for sure. And, and fat, man, that was a fat fish. So that was, that's definitely, it's my personal best. Like when I yeah. think of great fishing stories, that definitely tops it. Um, fails. <laughs> so this, this is actually about him. But, uh, <laughs> oh, okay, okay. This is good. <laughs> Man, so uh, we had uh, actually we had just got our kayaks. We were just getting into kayak fishing. We might have been out one or two times prior. Yeah. So we planned this trip with uh, actually with my brother, all three of us, and mm-hmm. uh, we we're we're doing a float from you know one spot to another. Park two trucks, and man, it was it was actually just a terrible day at the end of it. But uh, we got into some rapids. And I was oh. I was kind of hanging back fishing, and then I look up, and this guy's floating on top of his kayak. Whoa, whoa, whoa! First, your brother rolls it. Oh yeah, yeah, oh yeah. This yeah. is where it gets good. This is where karma kicks in. Okay, okay. yeah. So yeah, Kevin, my brother, actually, he he flips his kayak first because my brother, man, he's something else. He's got this little bitty ten foot kayak. Yeah, like he's the type of guy. He's he's kind of a gear snob as well. He just like he's got. I don't. How many pounds of gear do you think he had on that? Little he had kayak? enough gear to fill up a fourteen-pound kayak on that little ten-footer. That's that's what okay. you're working with. Yep. So he flips, and then Brad's like chasing his tackle box and this and that, and they finally get all this stuff back, and we, you know, everybody gets their bearings together, and like we're we're gonna take off again. So yeah. Then well, we, first I'll have a good laugh at his brother. Of that, course, that's the key part. Yeah, you have to. A good laugh. We yeah. stand there. We may have had a cold beverage. And talked about, uh, you know, and I, we won't I, do that again. Yeah. I have videos of all this, too. It's great. I actually have a picture of you. <laughs> yeah. Well, delete that. Go ahead, though. <laughs> yeah, I think it should probably be, like, the, the picture to this podcast. Probably not. <laughs> the cover. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, we, we got, you know, we get our bearings and everything, and then we take back off. And then we get into an even more, like, worse rapid situation. Oh, okay. And the river splits. It goes one way, and there's, like, this little island. And I see him paddling, trying to get out of it. And the river just takes him and he flips. And I'm like, oh man. And then like 30 seconds later, this guy's under like, I was starting to get worried for yeah. there for a second because he didn't come up for a while. Yeah, that's scary. And then yeah. So then he finally comes up and his kayak's upside down, all of his rods and his gears floating down the river. And he's just on top of his kayak, like hanging on for dear life, like oh, yeah. sucking wind. And he doesn't even have a shirt on. I'm like, what? <laughs> Your shirt? Man. Did you lose the it? River stole his shirt, oh. his shoes, his hat, uh, sunglasses, sunglasses, AirPods, AirPods. Oh no! A that's... brand new, a brand new uh, baitcaster combo that yeah. that was like your My, Father's Day present yeah. or something, right? From oh, your, your wife and kids. Oh shit! That and, sucks. Uh, yeah. So he's, you know, we got we got pulled over finally, and you know, get as much of his gear as we can back. Yep. And uh man, it was it was just a mess. And turns out we get to to the truck to load up to, you know, get all of our stuff back together. And who was it forgot their keys? <laughs> Your brother. Yeah. So Kevin, my <laughs> brother, forgot his keys. So we get to the truck and we don't have keys to, to go get, to the other to truck. Go to the other truck. truck. Oh so my god, call, no. Oh. We had to call somebody, you it's know. Yeah. It was just the worst trip ever. But turns out, so I know this guy that I went to school with, he does a lot of fishing around here too. And like, like 
I don't know. Well, it was probably a month later. Yeah, yeah. Probably. He does a lot of scuba diving and stuff. And apparently, oh, okay. this guy had fished this this part of the river, which we had never fished before. He fishes it often, and he also has like some scuba diving gear. And that hole that Brad flipped in, apparently, he goes down there and finds gear all the time because apparently it's a reoccurring thing. Like people oh, okay. just get sucked into that part of the river and flip and lose stuff all the time. And uh, I'm talking to him, and he's like, "Yeah, I just found this 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 rod and reel, man. It's this brand. What was it? It was a. It was a uh, the smoke, a quantum smoke bait caster with a quantum like Escalade HD yep. rod. Nice, really nice setup. He found it, and I was like, oh. I was like, wait, I was like, where did you find that at? And he was like, you know, here and here. And I was like, you're joking, right? I was like, I think I know whose whose rod and reel that is. I was like, can you send me a picture of it and where you found it? And Sure enough, my buddy found his rod and reel, and he had actually already had it sent off. He sent the reel off. Yep. Had new bearings and stuff put in it because it was a mess. Oh, I bet. I bet. You know, in the bottom of the river forever. But uh, he actually ended up getting his his rod and reel back. That's crazy. The guy that I know, he was super nice about it. He was like, oh, absolutely. He's like, I'll give it back to him. He's like, don't even, he's like, don't even worry about it. You know, I, I spent the money to put these bearings in it and stuff, but it's, yep. it, you know, he's like, it's just cool that I found this and yeah, absolutely back to him. So huh. yeah. that was a huge fail that day. <laughs> sucked. I was, sitting, I was sitting on the riverbank. It was dark. And I was like, <laughs> had three kayaks right there next to me. Just freezing. Just waiting. Oh man. Yeah, he, yeah. It, oh, it man. was awful, man. It was awful. That's what you get for laughing at your brother. <laughs> when, when, I, when I had a good laugh, I should have known. 20 yards is probably as far as I made it before it went. My so, day's coming, though. I'm the only one that ha- I haven't flipped my kayak yet. Oh, so. really? Okay. Yeah, he's due. He is due for he's, a good one. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I'm sure it'll happen this year. I had a good year last year with uh, interesting kayak stories. Like I, there was, I only, I only rolled it once and it was cause I was trying to launch from a, a less than ideal spot and, uh, didn't work out the way I had intended. And then, uh, the, the most ridiculous thing that happened to me with my kayak was when I, I was going to launch from this, this one pond I'd never fished at before from my kayak and I go to get in and, the I hadn't modified my seat to lock into place and the, the drop in, uh, pegs up in the front had kind of like gotten loose and the seat tipped back and I'm laying on my back with my legs dangling up and over the seat come by and this guy was walking along the trail happened to go by and I, I shout out to him and I was like hey can you give me a hand I was like I just need somebody to pull me up onto the bank I'll handle the rest and he's like yeah no problem I thought you were sleeping and I'm like who the hell sleeps like this <laughs> seriously who sleeps like this you know this does not sound like a good weekend my friend no <laughs> so yeah it was it was bad that's all. No, that's that's that sounds like a real shitty freaking trip. It's, it was um, a total shit trip. Like yeah, like, every, and I think we caught three fish between all of us. Yeah, like, biggest, it was terrible. The, the biggest fish that that we caught was probably like what 12, 13, maybe yeah. a, maybe a yeah. fourteen inch. They were, was, as you would say, nibblers. Yeah, it was, it was <laughs> very nice, nice, man. I can think. I can think of them, man. I can think of a lot of fouls. I got another one on my uh, mind right no. now. But you know, it's for next time. it's <laughs> funny you say that because the, like this story, the the fail story has become so popular that like now when I when I you know have se- have different segments with other people on the show, they almost know that this question's coming. So I've actually mm-hmm. created a show that is all about the fail. So we're starting yeah. real soon with a, a, another awesome. show that's just going to be called Jigs and Bigs the Shit Show, and it's going to be all about the the, every like time it went wrong. Yeah, yeah it's 
I'm lucky. <laughs> We're going to have, it's going to be good. And yeah, that's the thing. Everybody says the same thing. But like the hardest part about telling this story is picking what is like the biggest one. Yeah. You know, everybody's got a million of them. Yeah. <sighs> Awesome guys. What how, how, now? What about you? I know. I know. We got. Or are you guys going to qualify that because you were together as as the the fail for both of you? Yeah. Well, we've got we've had some other fla- fails. Yep. None quite so bad. I, yeah. don't, I would think that would top both of us. I, I mean, think it so. happened to me, but he was there to witness the. Fuckery. Oh, definitely. And so uh, <laughs> this is the fucker. I kind of yes. wish I would have left that one for you, so I could have told the one from the lake that day. Uh, were you talking about about sinking the boat? Yeah. Oh, but, oh uh, another one. Oh, great. The rain <laughs> you, you, you guys can spill that one, too, if you want. It's, you know, okay, so yeah. I'll start off with my best, um, probably from the year. I was, like I said, back in the spring, you know, we did well. And, you know, he was he was just, he was kicking my ass. Yeah. I mean, let's just, let's just be honest. He was kicking my ass every trip out. And I'm just struggling to try to find – what worked for me and what what I was doing what am I doing wrong and probably wasn't doing anything wrong. Yep. It may have just been dumb luck. Who knows, right? So um I have right before that that local smallmouth kings tournament, we go out and do some pre-fishing before just and some planning. You know, we're gonna eliminate some water that we're not gonna fish. Definitely. And um, you know, find try to find some better spots and things like that. And I get out there and we're just, you know, barely trucking along and I'm, I'm fishing a spot that typically for me wouldn't look like it would hold fish. And so I cast in there and, um, I think I caught what a, it was 18 and a half, 19 inch smallie. I don't know. Probably. Which I'm sure one? it was over three, three pounds. Oh, it says one? which one. <laughs> <laughs> and so, and I, you know, just that, I mean, and it was, that's not my personal best or biggest fish, but, yep. That one at that time. Yeah. That's what I needed. That's yeah. what that's the fish that I needed right then to, to get my confidence back up and make me realize that if you weren't doing anything wrong, it was just just you know, things just weren't working out. So yep. it's you know, just keep 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 grinding, keep grinding. Yep. So that for me was my my the beginning of the best year of fishing. And I guess probably on the opposite side of the spectrum, the worst. Or the you know most epic fail I remember. I'm gonna make it about him. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> you know, right? So uh, we were fishing that same stretch, and I I think we were pre-fishing, and we're working opposite bank lines, and I'm fishing the side. He was generous generous enough to let me fish the side that I caught some big ones on. There you go. And and kind of hold that down. So oh, I'm yeah, working. I'm not gonna steal your spot. Yeah, he's, he, yeah, he's no spot burner. Yeah. So uh, we uh, we're working down there, and he's casting in places. And it, I mean, I'd be lying if I didn't look over there and be like, "What the hell's he doing? Like, yep. What's he throwing in there?" You know. So, and then the next thing I know, I hear him go, "Oh God!" And I'm like, "What?" And I look over there, and like. His rod, and he's fishing what a seven foot medium, probably. Yeah, seven really. foot medium. Yeah, yeah. Ned, wasn't it? Was yeah, a, yeah. So. It was a, uh, it was actually a hog. Okay. Is it? Um, yeah, that medium Saint Croix yeah. Triumph. Uh, typical Ned setup. So yep. you know, fairly light tackle, and his rod is just it, it's 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 drag <laughs> screaming, and his rod is okay. just doubled over, and I'm like, what is that? And I'm watching him fight this fish, and he's into kayak and. We have uh, the anchor wizards on our kayak. Yep. Uh, with the 
we have drag chains. Since we fish the river more, we put drag chains instead yeah. of anchors. So you can basically just slow your rate yeah. down and just control how fast you're, you know, going down the river. So he's got his drag chains out. Uh, we're in fairly still water at that point. And, and, that, and whatever's on the other end is just dragging him around. It's like something you saw on Grumpier Old Men or, you know, okay, catfish yeah, yeah, yeah. hunters on the other end. Yep. And it's dragging him around and – he fights this fish. It had <laughs> had to be 10, 15. Well, I yelled at you. I, I, mean, was, he's, like, he's I was like, Brad, get over here. <laughs> yeah, he's physically worn out. Now, mind you, he wasn't ready for that kind of fish or wasn't planning for it because I look in the back of his kayak and he's brought a trout net. Yeah. <laughs> it's always the way. It's just always the way. Yeah. So I'm looking at that like, yeah, well, that's useless. So uh, he's fighting this fish. And finally, you know, he's he's getting exhausted. He's getting the fish wore down and get it up close enough to me because I'm paddling, you know, toward the fish to yep. try to help best I can. And I see this thing. We still don't know exactly what it was. I'm not sure if it was a carp. It didn't have the color, the golden kind of color uh-huh. of the carp. I and think it's a catfish. See, I don't think it was a catfish because – it had scales. Catfish, you know, are fairly. Yeah, you've seen it yeah. better than I did. You know, sure. it, had, it had small scales. It wasn't like a carp that had the big, you know, silver dollar. Yeah, those scales. are huge scales. Yeah, and so I'm thinking it's it was a really big drum, yep. or uh, maybe even a, a, a rockfish that we have some of those up here. Not typically where we caught where he hung that one, but they are in this area. Mm-hmm. And he he fought with that thing and gets it really close. And I'm sitting there thinking, like, how are you going to even get this fish in? It's literally three feet long. It would probably 25, 30 pounds. It would have tipped, tipped a, a monster on a Ned. On a Ned. <laughs> on a, a 16th <laughs> or 8th ounce Ned. Eight, eighth ounce. I didn't. It didn't even buy. I was yeah. like, I was. It was. I was dead. Is dead stuck. And yep. I see my line moving. And I'm like, oh, that's a fish. <laughs> and it was man. <laughs> yeah. So long story short, we get it up. And we're both talking at this point, like, okay, how are we going to get the fish in? Even if you do get it all the way up to the surface and we can land it, how are we going to get it into the boat without rolling us? So uh, the fish didn't give us that opportunity because I grabbed the line. Oh, yeah. um, And tried to just, you know, easily kind of pull the fish toward me. And it gave one last um, flip and turn and it snapped. The line just snapped and it got away. And he's still to this day scarred. It's not the fish that we were targeting that day. We were no. after the smallies for sure. Yep. But it was probably one of the bigger fish of your life. Oh, yeah. Whatever oh, it was. Yeah. I'd, I'd have nightmares about that to this day. <laughs> not even going to lie. That's for sure a fail. For sure. I didn't I didn't think that was the route that you were going to go with that. I thought you were going to tell the one when we were out on, on your boat. And I broke my foot this summer. Oh. oh I broke my foot this okay. summer in in three places. So I was out of work for probably like three or four months. Oh wow! Okay. And, uh, you know, it, we would go out on his boat because I couldn't get you know couldn't get down to the river. So we would go out on his boat and fish the lake a lot. That yep. we were doing a lot of night fishing, a lot of evening fishing, and uh, the wind started picking up. I knew that it was about to storm. I was like, we we need to head back. I was like, it's about to get bad out here. So we went back to the ramp. And we got to the ramp, and he's like, I think we're okay. I think we can fish around this dock a little bit more. And I was like, oh, okay, if you say so. I don't think we should. Yep. But anyways, we, we fish, and then next thing we know, this monsoon just hit. And I it was literally raining sideways, and yep. I'd say the wind was blowing <laughs> at least 15, 20 miles an hour. It was crazy. 
and uh, he finally, you know, he he gets me up to the to the ramp there where I can try to jump out, and I I jump, and the wind blew, and next thing I know, I'm I jump, and I've completely missed the dock, and I have here I am with this boot on, and I'm thinking that I've literally just set my healing process. Oh yeah, rebroken it, yeah. yeah, yeah, and just completely soaked, and I ended up ruining my my phone that trip, and oh, then the wind blew the boat and into yeah, the rocks. Yeah, it blew me into. I, I you know we were at the dock there, and there was there's no way to turn the big motor on and navigate. Oh yeah, it's too shallow for a trolling, my trolling yep. motor to drop it. So there's just no way to navigate, and so I just had to let the wind blow me, and it blew mm-hmm. me up against the the big rock pile. Luckily, I've got an aluminum boat, so I wasn't too worried about it. Yeah. Uh, you know, cracking it or putting a hole in fiberglass or anything. So it was fine. I wasn't worried about that, but it was hard. I had to get out of the boat, push it yeah, uh, off the end of the point in the mud and the muck and everything else, just enough to get loose and uh, get in some deep enough water to drop the foot of the motor in and crank it to get loaded up, which was another nightmare. Trying oh, yeah. to load a boat in that kind of wind and rain. Wind. Oh yeah. That's terrible. It was awful. Yeah, we looked like two drowned rats <laughs> sitting in a truck and just looking at each other like, what the hell just happened? And he goes, I told you we should have went back. It's not a dry <laughs> stitch on our body. Yeah, but was, that's what makes bad. for a great fishing story. When you're like, if you're not catching yeah. killer fish, you might as well have like a little like, t- you know, tale of adventure to kind of throw out there. So it was we actually, well, we actually caught some fish that night. Yeah, we, we did, did pretty well. Tonight. It was just a bad storm blew in and yep. we were, Pretty far. We were about 12, probably 10, 12 miles no from the dock. Yeah, we had a ride back. So we were, we were flying back, and it was that's not fun either, getting hit by no BBs of uh, rain at 50 miles an hour. Yeah, so. especially when you don't have a console. Well, I had a console. <laughs> I don't know about him. But <laughs> I, I, was, I laid down in the floorboard. <laughs> yeah, he did. He was in the fetal position in the floorboard. <laughs> For most of the ride back. It's so funny you mentioned that about not having a console on that side. I just recorded I recorded an interview with, with Joseph Martin last night. And that'll that'll have run by the time this comes out. But uh in there he shares a story about uh, this for this was it this fall? I think it was it was this last fall. He went out and got a full face shield motorcycle helmet to put on when he goes and fishes these tournaments with his buddy of his, because his buddy will just open the boat up and they'll be like 80 miles an hour you know, down river. And he's just like, yeah, he's like, if there's a little bit of like light rain or anything, he's like, it feels like you're getting, you know, shot at. He's like, it's ridiculous. Yeah. So he's like, yeah, I just put that. And he's like, let alone the cold. He's out in Louisiana. His idea of cold is a little bit different than my idea. Of yeah, cold. Yeah, sure. But you know, he's like, yeah, he's like, just to kind of like protect my face. He's like, so yeah, I've got this big like motorcycle helmet on. He's like, I, it looks ridiculous, but Hey, it gets the job done. I'm, damn. Hey, whatever works. Yeah, man. Oh, this was really good, guys. This is these are the kind of interviews I really like, where we just kind of there's there's tangents and we just kind of go. We're, we've almost talked for two hours. That's fantastic. I know. It's really really good. Awesome. So this is your opportunity. Go ahead and, and promote uh, your stuff on Instagram. Any other social media that you have at all. Let people know where they can find you guys. And uh, this this is your your moment to kind of promote yourself. Uh, yeah, like I said, we're Slaunch Doctor on uh, Instagram. Everybody, get out there, follow us, like our posts. Um, yeah, all one word, just one word, Slaunch Doctor, S-L-A-U-N-C-H, yep. Slaunch Doctor. Good stuff. Yeah, go and give them a fault. Let's help them get to a 1,000 
Why not? Yeah. Go, for, go give them a follow now. That's what it's all about. All about community. Yeah, we sure appreciate it, guys. Yeah, for sure, man. Th- this guy, this is really awesome. Zach, Brad, thank you so much for, for doing this. This was a whole lot of fun. Um, definitely uh, keep us in touch with what's going on in, in East Tennessee because once Absolutely. once we kind of get the nod where we're able to travel a little bit more, I definitely have been telling Sean I want to get to some of the other parts Come of this country down. and check Come on it down. Out. We'd be glad to show you guys some spots. Yeah, definitely. We, we're, we're in like the biggest – tourist capital you know in the state no kidding there's tons of places it's it's tons of stuff to do for the family yep um it, you know you got dollywood and the whole nine yards down oh, here yeah. 15 minutes of us you know it's just a you know there's plenty to do here and uh, plenty of lodging plenty of restaurants a lot of good food good yeah. fishing there's some good fishing oh yeah right I'm, here. I'm all about it man we're, yeah. we're gonna so, make yeah. that happen Sounds Absolutely. good, fellas. Well, hey, go get on them, and uh, it, you know, do me a favor, catch, catch some slaunches for me while uh, <laughs> we're all iced up up here. So at least I can we're live vicariously. We sure appreciate your time. Yeah, hey, thanks we, for having us. I'm glad to do it, guys. You guys are absolutely awesome. I, I, I you know, check out the Instagram. You uh, all, all the listeners, go check out their Instagram. They got great, great stuff going on. Give them a follow. Uh, we'll be in touch with you guys. We have some other cool stuff coming up, and uh, sounds like you have a few stories. We might want to have you on again on the shit show. Oh, yeah. I think that's we get have plenty of those. <laughs> I love it. Awesome, guys. Well, hey, take care. Have yourselves a great weekend, all right? Yeah, you too. Awesome, right, guys. Thanks. Have a good one. Bye-bye. See, guys, this show was action-packed. I, I, I said early on, I felt like t- today was special. There was something special about today, and it is freaking special. Sean? Bobby, what have we learned today? We've, we've learned about Three Bells Outfitters, right? Yep. We've learned how cool they are. Yep. We've learned they have kayaks. Yes. We've learned they're, they've, they're right down the road from Duck Quesadillas. That's true. All right. And then... The stuff we learn that we can't talk about. We have a few things that are just lurking around. Yeah, we do. That we learned about here. Mm-hmm. One of them's lurking around in my truck right now. It's true. They know. They're laughing. There's yeah. a lot of giggles. You guys can laugh out loud. It's cool. Because we found an item while we were learning about the wrapping procedure that is going to be a major part of Jigs and Pigs coming forward. 100%. So. Major, major part. You guys weren't expecting that. <laughs> no. Nope. I wasn't expecting it. No. We're, Sometimes we're just... you uncover a little gold nugget here and there. That's Sometimes. A, that's a big gold nugget. What we're talking about here, you, the listener, will be able to formerly be introduced to this thing. I don't even want to say thing. Essence. Essence. You know? This new friend. Yeah. A new friend. Our yeah. New friend. A new friend. <laughs> so... <laughs> This is going to be good. I, I'm excited about this. We're insane. Yeah. <laughs> I never claimed I anything otherwise. Yeah. 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 This is good. No, I think it's really good. Guys, thank you again. This is this is a, a really, really great experience. Unbelievable. Um, we're going to keep all the listeners uh, up to date with things that are going on as far as events that are happening here. Like, there's a lot of stuff that's going on. You know, COVID and everything just sucks. It makes planning all this stuff really, really difficult. Yeah. Uh, it's a huge obstacle. But as information comes along, we're going to have that info for you guys. Uh, like I said, you're, 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 you're going to be seeing Three Bells and Jigs and Bigs kind of like, you know, meeting up again at different events here and there. And we're looking forward to it. It's going to be really, really, really exciting. Um you know, now now you know. You know where uh, you can go for uh, amazing selection, fantastic accessories, killer service. You're going to get well taken care of. And, you know, really an overall, not even just in delivery, but overall a, a white glove treatment of, uh, of your recreational and, and, and angling, um, you know, uh, Kayak needs. needs. Kayak needs. Kayak needs. Really? Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, this is this is really, really awesome. Uh, but what I think what we're most looking forward to right now comes between two 
corn tortillas <laughs> and is, in fact, a waterfowl. Quack, quack. I think that's what we're what everybody is really really interested in. Are we going to live stream that again? We're definitely going to watch us eat food. That. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Well, no, we but, did that last time. It was yeah, ridiculous. Yeah, it was hilarious. Awesome. Like ridiculous amounts of. Uh, Do you notice the people in the background kind of giving you the weird looks? That we didn't across care. the table behind you. It was so I, funny. I, I was watching every time. You just see him kind of gazing over. Like, what yeah. are those two guys doing over there? Yeah. I only noticed after the fact because I think I had what the professionals would call duck quesadilla tunnel vision. Yeah. Like I wasn't paying attention to anything. You had eyes for duck. There was duck fat just coursing through my veins. It was fantastic. I imagine that's what steroids feels like. No? Sign me up. <laughs> sign, sign me up. Start talking like Donald Duck. Oh. And no. honestly, you know, on the duck quesadilla thing, when I when I looked at the locations of Bar Taco, you guys are like located in the Bar Taco Triangle because there's one each east and west and one north. So if you guys are coming to Three Bells Outfitters, I mean, I'm we fair. have no relationship whatsoever with Bar Taco. None at you, all. Guys, you should go get duck quesadillas. Yeah, the only relationship there is between Bar Taco and us is the fact that they will gladly take our money. But <laughs> and, we, and we will gladly will, take their quesadillas. I will hand it over in exchange for the deliciousness that's that's to happen. No, this is this is really really great. I think that we're we're off to something fantastic. Um, do yourself a favor if, if you're in New England and you want to check out, you know, the, the showroom. You want to check out, you know, maybe demo a kayak. If you're considering, you know, a different brand, you want to change your situation with, from the current kayak you're in, or get into one for the first time, especially attention first timers. This is a great opportunity for you to try out something before you make this purchase and then start, you know, kind of guessing what you're going to do. And on the other end of it, if you're if you already have a boat that you love, but maybe you want to kind of, you know, make some upgrades or something like that, this is the spot to go and and come down to is uh, Three Bells Outfitters. Check out what they've got available. Uh, you can shop online. Check out the inventory. Come on, it, but it is worth the trip. Absolutely. It is 100% worth the trip. Come and try it out. You're going to love it, I promise. Yeah, a couple other things I just want to throw in yep. there. If you are visiting New England and you're doing any number of the regional or local kayak trails, if you jump in on those, I didn't. we didn't ask. This is a quick and easy question. You, your rentals, guys, are they – you guys rent fishing kayaks? Yep. So let's say you're in Nebraska. Yep. center of the world right there yeah. and you want to come out and fish some New England waters and you don't want to drag your kayak across the country why travel with it yep. They rent. you can rent one here yep. that's a, so that's huge that's, that's huge one, one thing yep. just with the website because we keep saying three bells outfitters so it's three the word three spelled out and it's bells with an E as in southern bell yes and yes. then outfitters with an S yes <laughs> We've had we've had people search for it and go. I can't find your website. <laughs> I think I, I, I I'm not a hundred percent sure, but I feel like if anybody is listening to this podcast right now, their device already knows. Yeah, <laughs> hopefully. I hopefully. think their device already knows, especially if they happen to win that Amazon Echo that we're giving away True. this month. True. You know that could be that could be and uh, the case and on top well. of it, you know what we did a subtle little hint about the duck quesadilla reveal for being three bells because you guys were involved in our last giveaway. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. absolutely. So somebody, you know, that the hat went out and that was on there and that was a little subtle thing of some of the the extended family that was already involved and exactly. then all of a sudden three bells is right there and yep. we kept that quiet. Yep. But you guys got yeah. the hat out there and uh, you know. Yeah. This has been brewing. This is good stuff. I'm, yeah. I'm yes. pumped. We got a lot of good ways to go with this. I think everybody's pumped. Yes. Awesome. 
All right, guys, let's go ahead and wrap it up. Uh, we will see you in seven days. Who do we have coming up? I, I'm not even going to promote this one necessarily uh, right now because uh, we might actually squeeze in two guests next week because I'm getting so ahead with guests. I, I may squeeze in uh, for next week a couple of different interviews. Couple? Yeah, I think so. You're really extending yourself. I know. Well, I mean, you, you should see <laughs> this SD card is chock full of uh, freshwater fishing gold. Yes. Right now. That's, that's, that's amazing. So great show coming up next week. Uh, seven days from now, everybody, uh, the Jigs and Bigs shit show is coming soon. We're just getting things together. You're absolutely going to love it. Uh, everyone, have yourself a great week. Remember, give us a follow on Instagram. Like our Facebook page. Of course, if you're listening to the show and you enjoy it, please tell a friend about it. That's really the best thing we can uh, ask, you, ask you for is that word of mouth recommendation. Uh, leave us a review if you like. If you're listening on either Apple Podcasts or even... Uh, us, uh, Stitcher. Stitcher, we're available now on Stitcher. You can leave, leave us a review over there. And uh, like I say every single week, everybody, weren't you going to say it this week? Oh, no, because we talked about that, what I was going to do with it. That was something else. That was something else? That was something else. Tight lines. No. What I was going to say was, I'm fucking out of here. I'm starting the car. Get your shit together. We got duck. Duck tacos. <laughs> oh, my <laughs> I love it. Uh, we'll see you guys. <laughs>